This is the Cigar Authority. I'm kind of a big deal. The authority on everything cigar. You will respect my authority. Featuring cigar liberties from every major cigar brand. We have with us Christian Aroa. Rocky Patel. Victor Vitale. Eric Hansen. Oh my God, I can't believe it. Nick Perdomo. Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Saka. Is Jesus Fuego. Joe Cusano. WWE Hall of Famer, Nikolai Volkov. It's the rock star, Pete Johnson. Jorge Padron. With your host, David Garofalo. That's me. This is the guy behind the guy behind the guy. And his friends. That's you. It's time for the Cigar Authority. Cigar Authority. Cigar Authority. The Cigar Authority. The Cigar Authority. The one and only Cigar Authority. We are the Cigar Authority. The Cigar Authority. Damn it, motherfuckers, it's the Cigar Authority. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good job. Welcome, everybody, to the Cigar Authority, Saturday, (laughs) October 16th. 617-237-1234 is the number. We are live here at Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire this week. This is a two-hour weekly show about the finer things in life and especially in including premium cigars. We are not only the experts on them, but we are the authority. This week and every week, we drink, eat, and smoke. And we'll tell you all about it. Gentlemen, don't touch that dial. It's time for the finer things in life. It is time for the Cigar Authority. And this week, we celebrate Two Guys Smoke Shop's 25th anniversary today. Wonderful. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. And you know, sometimes it feels like 25 years. It was uh, October 16th, 1985, um, when we opened the first Two Guys Smoke Shop, and that was in... Some of them, Massachusetts. And uh, today, uh, we're running a special here at all Two Guys Smoke Shops. That's Salem, Seabrook, and Nashua, New Hampshire, for one day only, 25% off. What else were we going to give but 25% on our silver 25th anniversary? So uh, it happened 25 years ago, and uh, it's been a great ride. And uh, I love cigars as much as I did 25 years ago. So the business continues. We have on the board with us, as normal, Chuck Morrison. Hello. Good new intro today. Thank Thank you. you. Wow. I have to say you did a nice job that Chuck. Thank you, sir. And we have Brian at the studio. Yeah, uh, Paul actually. Oh, Paul. Paul's taking care of us back at the uh, home studio there. Paulie jo- Walnuts joining us. Uh, uh, three uh, uh, guest hosts today. Uh, Mr. Jonathan's joining us back yeah, again. Baby. One and only. Uh, Renzo Benaghi. Hi, everybody. Renzo, and this is Ernie Cotamash to my left here. Say hi. Make sure hey. your mic works. Hey, Dave. Thank <laughs> Thanks for inviting me, Dave. Oh, I, I, I couldn't be happy to have uh, you three guys with me on this special occasion for us today uh, because I'll tell you, uh, cigars are more about just uh, being in the cigar business more than just selling cigar. It's making friends and it's relationships. And this is part of what the cigar business is. It's not just burning tobacco and, and you people that are just tuning in. There's a lot to premium cigars and relationships and friendships that are built are a big, big part of it and you'll hear that. Which is, by the way, the reason why uh, I heard a, a fun statistic. I believe it was Eric Hansen that told me it's like 1% of 1% of businesses make it to 25 years. And you did that, and I can attest to this, you did that by making friends with your customers. Yeah. I, I never I, feel like a customer. And doing what you love. This is, uh, you know, this is where I was. My customers come here on their days off. This is where I would go on my day off. So I've basically been... On, on a day off, yeah, yeah for your whole for, life. For 25 years. You <laughs> and know. when you go to Seabrook, it's like a super vacation. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we, we have a store in Seabrook, New Hampshire, Nashua, New Hampshire. We're in Salem, New Hampshire. I'll tell you the whole story of how it started out later on. But, you know, we started in Massachusetts 25 years ago.
ago in Somerville, Massachusetts, and uh, it's been a great ride, and you'll, you'll hear some of those stories. And things that happened on this day 25 years ago and maybe even in the 60s. There's a lot, lot happened today. Uh, I'd like to welcome the four stations picking us up live on the Cigar Authority Radio Network. It is WWZN, 1510 The Zone in Boston, along with WARL 1320, that's Positive Energy in Providence, Rhode Island, WGAM 1250 ESPN Radio in Nashua, New Hampshire, and WGHM 900 The Game in Manchester, New Hampshire. Also, across the globe via webcasted on thecigarauthority.com, ustream.net, and podcasted on podbean.com for you to pick up at any time at your leisure or listen to past episodes. They're all there for your pleasure at the fantastic price of zero. So uh, if, you, if you're into cigars, this is the show. We tell you the truth on it. And uh, the first thing I'd like to do, not only welcome you guys on here, but let's light up the first cigar. And t- today is going to be very, very special cigars. Uh, it's a special day for me, which is the anniversary of uh, oh, getting into the cigar business. So where do I end up smoking? And the first cigar I have here for us today is a cigar we actually used for the first time. We were the first store ever to get this particular cigar, and this was in... Uh, 1995, we celebrated our 10-year anniversary, and we needed a special cigar for that day, and the cigar uh, came from the General Cigar folks, and it was the Partagas 150, and the first time it was ever smoked was uh, at a group at Two Guys Anniversary that was at Hilltop Steakhouse in Saugus, Massachusetts, and it was the grand opening of their second floor function room, and they allowed us to, uh, thank you, they allowed us to uh, have a cigar dinner up there at the time. Right now, uh, there's no smoking anywhere in that area, but uh, we did the first and only cigar dinner there. We actually weren't welcome back. There was, Isn't uh, that the place that said, uh, thank you very much, you guys were great, very polite, uh, don't, don't ever come, come back. back. I got one, thank <laughs> okay. you. Um, oh, I'm using my special DuPont lighter. I'm using my Palio cutter today. You guys have, uh, I see a Palio cutter here. Everybody likes good. to use their, their, their own special cigars. And Their uh, own special cutter? Cutter, I'm sorry. Own special cutter, own can, special lighter. Can I, can I tell you something that I'm Please. noticing right away that I learned last week? Yeah. I'm rolling the cigar inside the cigar band. It feels like the cigar may have shrunk. Um, That's right, because it's This so is old. an old cigar. That's right. It's been, uh, it's been not only aged by me for 15 years after I received it. I'll tell you about this cigar. And you guys may know about it. Some of you don't. So let me tell you, this was made 15 years ago, um, not only for Two Guys Smoke Shop's 10th anniversary, but the real reason was to celebrate the Potagas brand's 150th anniversary. Ramon C. Fuente, 87 at the time, celebrated the Potagas milestone in Orlando, Florida uh, with General Cigar Company, and I was uh, lucky enough to be part of that celebration. It was the 150th anniversary of Potagas Cigars, and they actually rented out Universal Studio just for our small group. You're talking about maybe 100, 150 people. And they they closed up Universal Studios. All the rides were open. Um, They had a great dinner, uh, great wine. The streets were lined with cigars, alcohol, food, Along with the dinner that we had, I'm going to light up here for one sec. 
This is down in Florida. That's awesome. Down in this Universal Studios. It's not a small park. <laughs> not it was at all. Un, it was it was an unbelievable thing. It's got to be yeah. a pretty penny to re just rent it out. Well, they, I, they made him an <laughs> offer he couldn't refuse. I guess. <laughs> and this was Edgar Cullman Senior. Uh, he, he heard that there was a celebration going to happen in Havana, Cuba, celebrating the Par Partagas 150th anniversary of the Cuban Partagas, where he owned the Dominican version of it. Um, he said to the crowd, I assure you that, I'm, uh, that they are having a party, but they're not going to have as much fun as we are. And it was an amusement park, closed just for us, and it That's certainly so cool. was. How uh, many people are you thinking? 150. Wow. wow. Maybe. The whole park. The whole park. Uh, this cigar was first made for non-Cuban uh, consumption in Jamaica in 1978, but they made the special Partagas 150 for the, for the special uh, anniversary, a one-time release. Um, the wrapper on this, at the time, was 18 years old, 18-year-old Cameroon wrapper, which was unheard of. Hmm. And this this wrapper was was being auctioned off to different cigar companies, and it was uh, Edgar Cullman that, that made the purchase. And I heard as this thing was going around, uh, people wanted big big money for this Cameroon wrapper. He purchased it, and now today, as we smoke this, this is 33 years old. Wow, so that, this outside oh. wrapper. So it's delicate outside wrapper. It's not for an outdoor smoke, uh, but. 33-year-old. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't even give you one. Look at you. Dave, I'm not no, sure I'm worthy of this. You are man. worthy. I'm so sorry. I'm looking at you and I'm going to ask you what it's you like thought of it. something's wrong with this picture. <laughs> Chuck doesn't so have anything help the, help, the, help the novice out here, the, the yeah. Chucks are over here. Yeah. Cameroon. I hear that all the time. Can you can you define that for, for novices like myself that are kind of new to this cigar? Uh, yeah, it's a state in Africa, right? A state right. or Yeah. It's it's in Africa. Cameroon, Africa. So, yep. like, this Connecticut tobacco. Yep. There's Cameroon tobacco, which can only be from... Cameroon. Okay. Uh, Champagne, which can only be from Champagne, France. Mm -hmm. Cameroon can only be, you know, there's people that, that put out supposedly Cameroon seed grown in such and such. Right. But this is real Cameroon, Africa. Uh, which, Very exclusive. It's yeah, yeah. Something it I have never seen. Extremely uh, delicate. Yeah. Very yeah. delicate. Yeah. Very thin. Usually a sweet component to it. 33 years is going to change a lot to it. So they yeah. ro they rolled it at 18-year-old tobacco, and then I put the cigar aside on the 10th anniversary for today, actually. Right. Wow. So for the 25th anniversary of, what am I going to smoke? Today is really my 25th anniversary. I opened the store 25 years ago today. We did $35 in business. <laughs> I have the books of, of what happened. We did $35 in business. I mean, I stood at the counter all day with a big smile on my face, waiting for a customer to come in. Some people came in. Yeah, you get changed for a buck. You know, <laughs> right. You're thinking they're in the wrong store. It was really, really tough. But it was, it's been a fun ride anyway. But getting back to this cigar, when the cigar came out 15 years ago, it had, um, you know, a handful of different sizes, eight different sizes, anything from a four and a half by 38 all the way up to a Churchill size, set seven by 52. This is uh, the Robusto we're smoking here, which is maybe, it seems like it shrunk a little bit. I would say yeah. uh, maybe at one time it was a five by 50. Now it looks like about a 48. A 48 now. Yeah. Um, and what Jonathan is talking about is with time, all of a sudden the band gets a little loose on a cigar. And that's because the cigar actually shrinks a little bit with, with aging. This has been sitting 15 years. Uh, the cigar retailed between $5.50 and $12, so I'm figuring this cigar was maybe a $7 cigar then. Now, 15 years ago, that, that was a lot, a of, lot money. of money. Mm -hmm. And when these cigars came in, it was almost a relief 
when I sold out the batch of these cigars because this was big, big money. This started the whole thing, though. This started big money cigars. And uh, there was a reason why there was big money cigars because the, the age of the tobacco that was put into this. But, you know, some cigars did, uh, went up in price just simply because obviously the American public was willing to pay up to $12 a cigar at that time. Now we see cigars oh. $30, $40. But um, the, the, the uh, most expensive one was the Don Ramon, which came in its own coffin, $12. Right. And, and it was unheard of. It was an unheard of price. What would this be valued at today, do you think? Well, you easy. can't get it today. So. You can't. I'd say a hundred dollar cigar. Oh, was, easy. Yeah. yeah. Easy. I mean, if you can get this, there was a total of um, three hundred thousand cigars made. Total of three hundred cigars. Um, That's a small production. Yeah. And the Don Ramones was ten thousand. Um, Benji Menendez signed this box for me. He was the uh, cigar blender who put the cigar together way back then. And I had him autograph the box for me, and it's been sitting around ever since. And he is, uh, and I know you, you've met him before. Yeah, I met him for the first time in uh, Club Macanudo in New York City. He is the most knowledgeable man. His parents were um, the H. Upman factory. Right. Um, they owned Monte Cristo. They created Monte Cruz and, and many other brands. And uh, he left that country with like $7 in his pocket, thrown out of there. Very wealthy family, down to nothing. And he, uh, he ended up hooking up with uh, the Cullmans. And um, from there, it was, uh, you know, bringing uh, a Dominican version of... Um, Partagas, along with other brands, they have Cohiba and other Cuban names. I like to uh, I like to play a game when I smoke cigars, uh, Renzo and Ernie. Yeah, what is that I like game? to see what kind of flavors I can pull out of the cigar because one of my favorite people, Tommy Grella, uh, I like to give him a hard time, but he's one of my favorite people. He's a very impressive palate, and he always impressed me. He'd smoke a cigar and say, "I'm pulling out hints of clove and hints of cinnamon," and I'm like, "What are you talking about? You're smoking a cigar." So I decided. When I first met Tommy, that's what I'm going to do now. Every time I smoke a cigar, I'm going to try to pull flavors out. Are you guys pulling anything out of this? Do you do that ever? Definitely. Um, right off the bat, hazelnut. It's a nutty flavor. And uh, your first couple of puffs almost seem a little overwhelming, but it smooths out beautifully. Um, there's no bite to it whatsoever. None. It's, but it's very rich. And uh, like I said, hazelnut. And the other thing, too... When you smoke cigars, one of the things cigar makers try to do is appeal to all the taste buds in the palate. And uh, you can you can feel it on your palate. Yeah. You know, just a tiny bit of bitterness on the sides. But definitely there's a, there's a sweet flavor to it as well. In fact, I could easily be drooling over this right now. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Ernie? What are you tasting? Well, you, you know, I don't know about the rest of you, but, you know, when I exhale, you know, I finish it through my nose. Uh, Which is the, be the best way to yep, taste it. Right. And this really has a peppery, spicy uh, finish on it, which I really enjoy. Uh, but uh, I remember the first time I smoked a cigar, which I was fortunate enough to get from, from Dave, and uh, they were in the coffin. Yeah. Yeah, that was the Don Ramon. 10,000 of those ever made. Yeah. And uh, that was one of those cigars that when you light it up, it just makes an immediate impression. Yeah. Plus, I also get caught up in the history sure. of these companies and cigars. And to celebrate 150 years, 
It's it's pretty darn extraordinary. I would say. Yeah, I'm I'm all excited about 25 years, and this is here we go, 150. That takes me down a peg. This this company's roots go back to 1845. Yeah. You know, our country at that point uh, didn't even extend really past the Mississippi River. That's right, yeah. 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 They used to cure these in oak casks like they like they did bourbon. Yeah. And uh, huh. it really lends a special flavor to it because there is an exchange that occurs. Well, David, what uh, what kind of flavors are you pulling? Well, it is, uh, to me, subtle. The, the, the aftertaste is when I'm, when I'm tasting the sweetness after I've, I've already exhaled a cigar and the little, little finish is what they call it. The little taste afterwards is a little sweetness to it. But it, it's something, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm smoking slowly here. Uh, because I want to really enjoy every bit of it. It's been a long time since I've smoked a cigar, and uh, it's it's truly a, a piece of history right here. So it's uh, it's nice and um, you know a, a well-aged taste, um, mellowed out, completely married type of taste. Right. So it's well-rounded at this point. Can I use your paleo cutter? Go. Oh, you haven't even lit up. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm drooling over like, here. How, is he letting his cigar go out? He hasn't even lit it. You got a lighter? Poor guy. I do. So I was getting a little bit of the nuttiness and, and some of the sweetness, uh, a little bit of mustiness on the first light, the first couple draws. And then my finish, I'm getting like a, um, like Renzo said, a little bit of creamy. Uh, mine kind of tastes a little bit like, uh, almost like buttermilk. You know, the aftertaste of a, yeah. of a buttermilk. Uh, you know, you have a buttermilk biscuit or whatever. Yeah, you're not getting none of that a little envelope, envelope taste. No, 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 no glue like that. Uh, <laughs> that cigar from onyx. last week. Yeah. Oh my God, that thing was gross. That was a little funny. bit of a, a little bit of a cedar taste, and the creaminess of it. Yeah, yeah. Reminds me of the uh, the Padron. Cigars. Really? Yeah. Which is a, which is a Nicaraguan. Yep. So Renzo, tell us a little about yourself. What did you do? Uh, where you come from? What? Well, I, uh, I grew up in Revere, and yeah. uh, my mom was from Everett, which yeah. is Where I grew your up. haunts. Yeah. And uh, heard that a cigar shop had opened up here on 28 across the street. Because you moved up here. my son-in-law, because I moved up here. To New yeah. Hampshire. This was the country for me. That's and it. I, the natural progression here for us uh, yeah. uh, people in the uh, in Wanted the to get shop. out of Massachusetts and right. all that liberal baloney. Yeah. And, uh, Moved up here and uh, came to visit your shop and uh, come to find out, met your mom. Yes. And she was good friends with my great aunt who owned the store in Everett. That's right. Hooked her up, talked to my mother, and they reviewed old times. Nice. But one of the things that uh, captured me, if I can use that term, um, was uh, just a friendly atmosphere when we walked in. We sat on the couches. Right. And, uh, every so often somebody had make some kind of special food and bring it right. in. Right, that's right. And uh, we'd all sit around and talk from all walks of life. Yeah. Um, now, you, you for what did you do for business? Well, I... I, uh, I know well, these answers, but I'm asking like a, <laughs> <laughs> I made a career out of uh, education. I'm right. retired now. I uh, started out as a school psychologist and uh, then became an assistant principal and, uh, in Methuen and uh, became principal of a middle school at Pentucket Regional and uh, finished all my career as high school principal. Okay, then you and, then you uh, retired and made a slight career change. <laughs> I retired and uh, <laughs> went to the police academy and uh, that's now awesome. I'm a no way. Part-time officer in North Andover. No that's way. A, how yeah. awesome is that? That's very really right. cool. Yeah. That is cool. That's awesome. I I I'm a man of uh, many facets. I enjoy yeah. all the gusto in life. I play the piano. Took uh, lessons at a conservatory of music. 
and uh, just I love to cook. I'm a great cook. He's a great First cook. First generation Italian. Nice. Learned from mom. Oh. And uh, just in, in, enjoy it so much. And I love people. And uh, that's one of the things coming here. We formed a real brotherhood here, a real yeah. brotherhood. Yeah, that, that's what and, the business is all about. Right, yeah. Cigars are not just about, as I said earlier, no. it's not just about smoking, smoking no. cigars. It's it's this. Right. Yeah, we go out together. We, we set up dinners together and uh, yeah, good clean have fun. a great time here. Uh, and uh, also have helped each other out, even outside of here, sometimes business-wise, uh, or somebody needed some extra help with anything. I mean, these are guys who will go to the wall for you. Absolutely. And I, I absolutely love that. We've yeah. built some fantastic relationships. And we have, uh, we enjoy our cigars. Uh, I have rituals at home when my son-in-law has come over. We open up cigars, pop open some really good Bourbon. Yeah, enjoy the fire. Uh, it's been aged a long time, and uh, we'll sit around the campfire outside and cigars and bourbon. We bring them along when we go camping. We get the Ahmed, Ahmed humidors. You want to see people's, right? The look on oh, people's no. faces when we get on a plane. <laughs> Everything is put on the plane in luggage that can be lost. Except but we carry in our hands <laughs> our Ahmed humidors. Right. It's and uh, people see the word Ahmed and they wonder what the heck is in those boxes. Yeah, you think the gun's in there or something. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's a prized possession. How about you, Ernie? Would you, uh, where'd you come from? Well, basically, I grew up in a small town in uh, New Hampshire, Lebanon. Oh, yeah. What's okay. Yep. Live, live free or die state. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was kind of a Norman Rockwell town. Uh, it was a great place to grow up in. Uh, my dad was a politician, uh, and so consequently, I think the first introduction uh, for us kids to cigars was all these politicians smoking cigars back when, uh, you know, they would do it in front of a camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, they'd gather at my house, and they'd be talking about, you know, the campaign strategies because New Hampshire was the first primary in the nation. And right. So, you know, as children, we would meet people that were, you know, in retrospect, I wish I had could go back. Yeah. Uh, because at that time, you know, as a kid, you don't pay attention. They're just a bunch of guys arguing in the living room, right? right. But, uh, but anyway, to, to tie that cigar uh, connection, you know, I start, you know, in my home where all these politicians are smoking cigars, and they were mostly machine-made, what we would called today for us gourmet guys. Right, right. You know, not quite our cup of tea. Right. Uh, but anyway, you, you know, from there, uh, I joined the United States Marine Corps in 1962. Uh, and 120 days later, I'm in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, for the Cuban Missile Crisis. My right? goodness. Oh, wow. And one of the guys I met in my kitchen, uh, John Fitzgerald Kennedy. Wow. Uh, who was a candidate then, when I was 15 was my commander-in-chief uh, and president. Right. And when he declared the Cuban Missile Crisis, all of a sudden, Ernie's in Gitmo. And uh, so I was there for close to two years. And of course, if you weren't military, everyone who worked on the base was from Cuba. Mm. And they all had cigars, pockets full of cigars, <laughs> real cigars. Yeah. Right? Uh, but. Uh, you know, I, I didn't smoke them then. I was smoking cigarettes, right? Yeah. But uh, in retrospect, I wish again that I could go back. Yeah. I've smoked the cigars smoked in the, the early cigars. 60s. These guys were all giving them away. Yeah. You know? 
But uh, you don't know what you got at that time. Right, exactly. You're young, and and then you uh, left left the military, and went yeah, I got discharged in uh, well, I, uh, 1967, and uh, then I came back uh, to New England, and I went to work for the company I still work for, right. uh, F.W. Webb. Yeah, I see uh, them on the uh, on the big yeah, green we, monster, right? Yeah, on the green monster. We're yeah. a big sponsor of Boston Red Sox, and we have 74 locations in New England, New York. Uh, but I've been there. I'm in my 42nd year, which is a kind of a common denominator in our company. It's a family-owned company. Uh, loyalty is a big deal. Yeah. And it's it's uh, reciprocal. Yeah. What does FW Web do exactly? Uh, we're I was just going to ask that. Yeah, we're wholesale distributors of plumbing, heating. Pipe valves and fittings, heating, ventilation, air conditioning. So all the plumbers, they, you know, it's not directly to the consumer, but to no, the plumbers every, themselves. Yeah, every contractor has an account with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, when something breaks and needs to be fixed, they come to our counter, they pick up the material, or we deliver it. Yeah. Uh, all right. And uh, you know, we extend credit, and uh, you know, we support them technically on product knowledge. And I'm glad you explained that because I always I wasn't sure if it was like for well, the consumer or for the contractor or both. Or I thought it was a paper company. Yeah, it's interesting. It, it, it's amazing that they, it was the an money they, they, they must spend. <laughs> the money they must spend on it, and people don't know what the product is. You well, know? the reason for that is that uh, our background is wholesale. Yeah. Right. So we really didn't pr- promote or market to the consumer, uh, but we did open up. Uh, the FW Web bath centers, mm-hmm. and those are basically retail customers can go in there and look at product, work with interior designers, and but still not buy. Well, it coordinates with the contractor because right. it has to be installed. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the contractor, you know, needs a place he can forward his customers to to get their professional assistance on selecting product, yeah. and then coordinate it all. And so it's delivered on time, et cetera. So there we go. You know, Dave, I uh, yeah. going to take a break. Yeah, we're oh. ready to take a break. Well, oh. you can finish your you finish right. your point, please. Yeah. What what got me going on cigars was as a kid, we used to do shopping every Saturday in the North End in Boston, with at the market, yeah. the yeah. outdoor markets. Yeah. All your vendors there, guys, yeah. smoked cigars. Right. So we'd walk in there, and in the fresh air, you'd smell a mix of cigar smoke with produce yeah. and cooking sausages, onions, and, yeah. and, uh, oh, and the, oh. you know how smells just bring back memories? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love the smell of cigars, yeah. and it's all associated with that experience. And the memories, it's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to look at this day in history in Cuba. And you mentioned the Cuban Missile Crisis, and we'll get into that. Uh, I'll tell you about my brush with greatness this week. And more great cigars to sample and enjoy. So stick around. You're listening to the Cigar Authority on the Cigar Authority Radio Network. White Birch Brewing is the home of finely crafted, small-batch beers. My friend, owner and operator Bill Herlicka's goal is to brew great beer for the beer enthusiast. Let me tell you from experience, folks, this guy is all about quality. White Birch Brewing is a two-barrel brewery located in Hookset, New Hampshire. That takes an artisan approach to brewing. 
Bill releases unique interpretations of Belgian styles, barley wines, imperial stouts, and wild ales. Each batch is bottle conditioned and aged at the brewery. It's a slow process, but one they wouldn't trade for anything. Ask your local retailer for White Birch beers or go to whitebirchbrewing.com. Our friends at White Birch Brewing are as passionate about beer as the Cigar Authority is about food? No, cigars. Cigars, yeah, that makes sense. There's a patch of land in Cuba located exactly at the latitude and longitude of 22 degrees north by 83 degrees west, where you will find Hacienda El Corojo, a plantation that once grew the best tobacco in all of the world. Today, these fields are not producers of tobacco any longer, but the seeds from their prize-winning plants still exist today. 2283 is a cigar brand that uses authentic El Corojo seed in its entire five-country blend. Nicaraguan, Honduran, Dominican El Corojo filler, certified Costa Rican Corojo binder, and finished off with lush, oily, Brazilian El Corojo seed wrapper, all from the seeds of the mother plants. 2283 come uncellophaned in wheels of 20, white tissue wrapped in bundles, and then safely placed in cedar cabinet boxes. Find out what's missing in today's cigars. It's El Corojo. 2283 has it certified. One taste and you'll understand the old flavor you've been longing for. It's back and it's 2283. Born of cold Russian winters, the wheat of hammer and sickle is hand cleared in the Black Earth region, then dry shipped to the distillery, where masters of the craft distill and filter hammer and sickle six times, transforming the harvest into a smooth, super premium vodka, worthy of its Russian heritage. Hammer and sickle, super premium vodka, Russian reborn. 40% alcohol by volume, imported by Clean Spirits LLC, Massachusetts. Please enjoy responsibly. Confucius. Chinese philosopher teachings have gone from the golden rules to fortune cookies. Confucius say, what you do not wish for yourself, you do not do to others. Confucius say, knowledge is recognizing what you know and what you don't. Profound? Maybe 200 years ago. But today, it's our pleasure to bring you Zing. Zing, spelled X-I-N-G, is a whole new smoking sensation. Zing Cigars not only shares medium-bodied, rich flavor from its deep, dark wrapper, but it's the deep, dark wisdom from the back of each of its cigar bands. Zing say, men who go to bed with itchy bum wake up with a smelly finger. Way better than any Chinese fortune cookie and way better tasting. And just like Chinese food, shortly after you've had it, you'll love to have another. Zing, it's what some call the modern-day fortune cookie. A great cigar with a little something extra, a little fun, and a whole lot of flavor. Zing. Okay, we're back with the Cigar Authority, 617-237-1234. We have Renzo with us. We have Ernie. Mr. Jonathan's here. And we are celebrating Two Guys Smoke Shop's 25th anniversary with some great cigars and some great stories. If you're near the area of any um, of the Two Guys Smoke Shops, you might want to stop in today. They're open till 6 o'clock. Today they are off Exit 1, off Route 93, 95, or Route 3 in Nashua, Seabrook, 
or Salem, New Hampshire, Two Guys Smoke Shop. It's their 25th anniversary, so we're celebrating with 25% off everything in the store. They're open till 6 o'clock, so if you're anywhere in the area, this only happens once every 25 years. Today's the day, so please stop by. We'd love to see you. We're in the Salem store today, Woo-hoo. and we're uh, broadcasting live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. Today, October 16th, 25 years ago, I opened Two Guys Smoke Shop, but today, a lot of things happen today in this day. Today is happens to be Boss's Day. If you're a boss, you're supposed to get something from your um, employees or whatever it is. It's another one of those Hallmark holidays yeah, yeah. anyway. I'm surprised it's on a Saturday, actually. But it's a Saturday, okay. so... What'd you, what'd you get, Dave? I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> I, got, I got up early this morning. That's what I got. Uh, born this day um, was... Angela Lansbury. Yep. Angela Lansbury. Remember her? Murder yep. She Wrote and all that stuff. Today's her birthday. Uh, she was born in 1925. That makes her 85 years old. Dead today. or alive? Uh, she's alive. Nice. Uh, Suzanne Summers. Do you remember Suzanne Summers? Oh, yeah. How yeah. could you not? That was Christy that Snow. Master. Yep. Oh, yeah. On Three's Company. Three's like Company. Thigh Master. Soft, uh, thigh Master, right? Thigh Master infomercial was the best soft porn I ever discovered when I was 14. <laughs> <laughs> How old do you think she is today? Who cares? I'd still do her. Yeah? Of course. What do you think? How old is she? 50. 64. Shut up. She's I don't care. I'd still do her. <laughs> She's uh, still hot. This day in 1923, Walt Disney was formed. Walt Disney Company. Wow. With uh, Walt and his brother Roy. They uh, started in 1923. Um, the Million Man March happened in 1995 in Washington, D.C. How many people went to the Million Man March? 10,000? Yeah, right. <laughs> you would think a million, but I, I, that's, uh, that goes up for de- to debate all the time. Yeah. And uh, dying on this day was um, Shirley Booth. Remember Shirley Booth with no. Hazel? Right. Yep. She was Hazel before your time. Okay. My mother used to say to me uh, when I'd leave things around or something, and she's picking it up, hey, what do you think I am, Hazel? <laughs> Because she was the... Yeah, I got nothing. Made. Nothing, but this the, is these guys understand. You youngsters, you don't even know. When did I get so old? I don't know. Uh, also on this day in 1962, and you mentioned it earlier, was the Cuban Missile Crisis began. Today, this day, 1962, and we'll talk right. about that when we go to break. And also, ironically, P.S. Salinger, who was John F. Kennedy's uh, White, ha- White House uh, uh, press secretary... This was, uh, he died on this day in 2004. Wow. So, uh, um, you think he, he planned that? Did he think of dying on that day? I don't know. I don't think so. It would be interesting if he ended it's up. It's funny how dates work, seem to work out like that. So, uh, I'm losing train of thought here. Um, the, um, I wish I could help you, but I don't have a paper over here. All right, I lost my train of thought. But anyway, we're smoking the uh, the Potagus 150 today, which is uh, literally 15 years ago when, when I sold this cigar and put this box away. Very, very aged tobacco on here, many, many years old. And you guys still enjoying it? Oh, very I love much. it. I have to tell it's you, excellent. I, I always thought that aging cigars was kind of a load of crap. It was just like, you know, a reason for cigar guys to... Uh, talk about cigars you know just another thing that we uh, we do um but i'll tell you i don't know whether it's the aging process or whether the cigar was so good to begin with but this cigar is literally it, it is now officially the best cigar i've ever smoked oh hands down yep this is the best this is I ever the smoked. best Hold cigar down. that i've ever it smoked. is it is it's phenomenal 
It's yeah. awesome. Well, later on, we're going to smoke the Two Guys 25th Anniversary Cigar, which is priced around that, and we'll get into that when we go into it. I know where I left off. We were mentioning P.S. Salinger. P.S. Salinger was the guy that... Behind the guy, behind the guy? Well, that's me. <laughs> oh, right. But he was the guy behind John F. Kennedy, and when John F. Kennedy created the Cuban yeah. embargo, that he was the guy that Kennedy sent out to go buy cigars for him. Right. The, the story goes that he, he asked him, uh, go out there and buy a whole bunch of cigars for me. And he says, you know, it was H. Upman or whatever it was. And you got to buy all these cigars and get them to me. Well, what's up? He says, well, I'll tell you when you get back. And he came back and he got his cigars and he says, okay. And right. then, then he signed the uh, embargo that, that exists today that you cannot buy Cuban products. Well, you can buy anything you want, but the, the the thing is, the embargo is we're not allowed to spend money on any Cuban product because spending money on a Cuban product gives the money to Fidel Castro in the communist country. Can they and give it to us? I suppose if it didn't cost us anything, because the whole thing is about spending money from what I right. understand. See, I disagree with that, and I think we have a story coming up later. Didn't someone give... Uh, Peter yeah. Salinger, they gave him 250 cigars, and uh, well, that's right, and he still couldn't, still couldn't still take couldn't it. Have them. Anyway, I know we have audio on P.S. Salinger. We do. Uh, let's go to that. This is P.S. Salinger explaining the story of the Cuban embargo, the day it actually happened. So let's get a quick uh, listen to that. Well, actually, what happened was, uh, as you know, we went through the uh, probably the biggest disaster in the Kennedy administration, uh, which was the Bay of Pigs. And about a month after the Bay of Pigs, the president called me into his office around 5 o'clock in the afternoon. said, I really need some help. I said, what do you want, Mr. President? He said, I need some cigars. The president smoked Cuban cigars. He smoked the, the Petit Upman, as I remember it. So I said, fine, how many do you need? He said, a thousand. I said, when do you need them? He said, by tomorrow morning. I said, that's a very tough assignment, but I'll choose what I can do. Anyway, I, had, I was smoking a lot of cigars myself in those days, so I contacted a lot of my stores and... Next morning, I got to the office at 8 o'clock, and uh, the president was already ringing me from the Oval Office. Come right in, come right in. How'd you do? I said, I did very well, Mr. President. How many did you get? I got 1,200. Fantastic. He opens up his desk drawer, and he pulls out the decree banning all Cuban products from the United States and signs it. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that is from the words of P.S. Salinger right there, and that's the way it went down. Right. So he wanted to uh, make sure he got his uh, H. Upman Petit Upmans uh, first because... We know as cigar smokers, this is very important to us. Very Absolutely. important. And, and for those that are just listening in, and I and I know you may have just turned in and you say, geez, a, a, a show just about cigars, and, and it's more to that. And, and President Kennedy understood that, and we all understand that. And... Uh, you know, if you're into some into fine wines and some of the finer things in life, I urge you to go into a premium cigar store, learn a little about premium cigars, and try it. And spend a hundred dollars and get one of these bad boys. Yeah, right. They're not for sale. They're not that they're a hundred dollars. I mean, if you could get them, I would guessing it'd be about a hundred dollars. But I wouldn't sell one for a hundred dollars. They're not for sale. No. Fair enough. You know, if some of my friends are listening, that uh, they would be smoking. You know, what I would call a cheap cigar, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, you know, I would go out and I'd give them as a gift uh, some of the finer cigars that we get here at Two Guys. Yeah. And uh, so they all curse me today. Because they turn They the say, damn you. Yeah. Now you're costing me a lot of money <laughs> because now I can't go back 
because now I know what a good cigar. I was perfectly like. happy smoking the but stuff they, that was scraped <laughs> up off the floor and ground up into pieces. <laughs> but but they shouldn't curse you because you, well, know, somebody you, had already you open smoked. their eyes. <laughs> oh, absolutely. There's some yeah. great things out there. And what better to spend an hour with a friend with a great cigar? No, you can't. Oh, my God. You and, can't beat it. And, and, and as you said, I mean, too bad you didn't know in 1962 because you, you kind of you missed it. You yeah. know, yeah, back then I thought an unfiltered camel with a good smoke. Mm. Well, and you learned. One of the things that breaks my heart is when you when you find a really good cigar, and that crop runs out. Right. Yeah. And as a result, they can't duplicate no. the quality of that blend. And uh, there's a good side to that too, though, because it makes you go out and experiment and try other cigars in the hopes of finding something that is really top notch. And the other thing I learned from that is you find a cigar you like. Load up on it, right? Because it's going to change. The crop yep. changes, and the and the the leaves are never the same. And they got too much rain one year, and not enough the next year. They try. To, they actually tweak blends every year to try to make it taste like it used to taste. But right. it's not like a McDonald's hamburger. It's not that simple. You have to. Uh, you, you know, you get a hold of something like this, yep. pile up on it, and when it's over, it's over. That's it. And they, you know, another brand could come out. They came out with a Potagus 160. Right. Didn't measure it. A few up. years back, it was nothing. I right. mean, it could, couldn't even compete with it at all. And, uh, you know, no big thing like this. And people bought it, bought into it at the beginning and said, let me try it. And then they're, like, so disappointed. Because they tried to do it, but yeah, right. you, can't. And, you the, can't. and the thing, too, when they experiment like that, and they do this with bourbon as well, by the way, you're not going to know for a long period of time if they if they handle the product right and let it age. They're not going to know about whether they've got something yeah. that's top notch. Yeah, it's until a constant gamble. It's done. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Yeah. yeah, imagine hanging on to this wrapper all those years, and then you know, 30 years later, okay, let's make it into a cigar, and you know, that that's when the blender. It's so important that the blender says, I want you to be able to taste this outside wrapper. So I don't know what the exact blend is, and, and uh, but you've got to imagine Benjamin Mendez had to lighten the, the filler strength or something mm-hmm. so you can end up tasting this because this is the the money is on this outside wrapper. I mean. right. yeah. Yeah. Ernie, do you smoke a lot of different cigars all the time, or do you pretty much stick to one, uh, one blend or one brand? I try everything. Okay. Uh, because I think that's just part of the deal. Uh, Dave is always bringing in new, new material, new products. Uh, some, and frankly, from a construction point of view and aesthetically, and they're all great. I'm kind of stuck in a groove, though. You know, I'm a kind of a padrone man. Nice. You know, yeah, you, you have for quite a while. It's yeah, been, it's been a probably five years or so that you you would dab it off. You were uh, yeah, I, I changed over the years. You're big time, yeah. The uh, but. It's going to take something to beat. I I think what happens, uh, when you move up the flavor range, it's it's hard to go back Mm. because you kind of lose the sensitivity. Uh, You'd almost have to uh, not smoke for a period of time, I think. Mm. But the fact of the matter is that I have so so much admiration for guys like Benji Menendez, the master blenders. Okay? I equate them to a great chef. You can have all the same ingredients, but a great chef or a great blender can bring out the best. They're the quality control. Yeah. They're the passion. They're the ones that put the brakes on to say, not this year. Yep. There is a taste of passion. 
mm. on some of these guys right. that they, again, they could roll the same exact blend or something, and you can taste the passion. You know, if there's such a thing that that, that maybe the, the flavor is brighter, pops out more right. on certain these makers, that the taste is... You know, it's just a whole different thing. And, and some of these guys are very, very old. I mean, they've been doing it for years. They were what great Cuban cigars were. Oh, absolutely. They're, you know, at uh, Dave's big 25th anniversary dinner, you know, he had 25, you know, key principles of some of the greatest cigars made today. And their roots go right back to Cuba. Mm. Yeah. And it wasn't that long ago. And they remember... Yeah. And it is that passion. Uh, they're not really driven by the turn and earn, inventory turn. Right, right. Kind yeah, of it's thing. not all about dollars and cents to right. them at sure. all. Yeah. Right. It's like in music, I, I, my favorite producers are terrible DJs. They all DJ, but right. you can hear the difference in a song. It may not be the most technically perfect song, but you can hear the passion in the music. Right. And those are the songs that I like. And then there's guys that are technically perfect, no passion. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, they're just turning right. tracks oh. out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's why classic rock is still as popular as it is, because right. those guys, they did it for the right reasons. Yeah, right. yeah. Then yeah. they become famous and... Uh, right. Goes downhill a little bit. Downhill. That's right. So it, it's the old timers, and we were talking about it earlier today, that some of these old timers is going to be a shame when their day is gone, because I don't think anything stays the way it is in the next generation. Oh, that definitely they, not. Yeah. So, how, how fortunate have we been, Renzo? Yeah. Do you know Dave? Oh, yeah, please. You know, he's great. Dave... My Dave, brother. David <laughs> lugged us off to uh, Honduras, Nicaragua, yeah. Dominican Republic, Harrison Ford Adventures. Right. Nice. You know, nice. Jumping Some of them for sure. Jumping <laughs> in the back of pickup trucks. Yeah. Driving 14 miles, 1,400 miles up in the boondocks. Really? Uh, but you get to meet the, the old timers behind the brands mm. who still have the passion. I remember talking with uh, uh, Julio uh, Eroa. Yeah. Uh, of Camacho, the father. He's flying over in an airplane over the, uh, which valley is that? Uh, Hamastran. Jalapa. Jalapa? Hamastran. Oh, Hamastran Valley, yeah. yes. It's just a jungle. Yeah. He said it took him 10 years to clear the jungle before he could plant the first. That's dedication right there. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. You know? Yeah. And, you know, looking at the process, it's it's really intricate. It's incredible. They showed us from seedlings yeah. the level of care that each plant has to go through and determining which leaves to take when. Yeah. Um, it's incredible. When they tell you 100 hands have handled it before you've smoked it, it's at least that. Yeah. Sure. It's the level of care that's taken and the number of people that sort through every single leaf. And the bonus side is, on the flip side, there's us that enjoy it at the right. same level that they enjoy doing what they do. Well, yeah. it brings a smile to their face when you enjoy their product. Yeah. They, they hand you a cigar and you light it up and you've got a smile on your face. They get a smile on their face because right. they're so happy. Yeah. It's like a good Italian mother that loves, you know, you love to, to eat the meal type of thing. Except right. she didn't cook her meal for 25 years. No, no. But it took her 25 years to learn how to cook it. <laughs> It's, and we're talking, folks, about premium cigars. And the difference, it, it's not the stuff when you go into the convenience store and you see on the counter. These are things that are well humidified in humid, humidified cases. You're talking about cigars that, that have to be, let's say, $5 and up. 
you know, this particular with the exception were, maybe of Nick Perdomo stuff. Yeah, he's yeah, got some stuff that's a little that's cheaper. That's even under, which is unbelievable. But you know, not a, a dollar cigar unhumidified in a, in a package that you see. That's a machine-made product, almost like a giant-sized cigarette. Which those it's, cigars are designed to uh, dispense their product so that you can refill. The yeah, shell with yeah, something else. It's, it's, it's terrible stuff. You, you have to go into a cigar store and look into a humidor. Uh, you, you know, those that are listening in right now and maybe feel funny about it, don't feel funny because you're going to come into a into a store. They're going to let them know you're a novice. You don't know a lot about it, but you want to learn. Most likely, the, the employees and the, and, the, and the owners of the stores and stuff are going to be so grateful you come in, and they're going to start you off with something mild. And it's not going to be like if you're a cigarette smoker where you're going to want to smoke Marlboro cigarettes all the time and that's it. You're going to want to try the different things and you're going to want to talk about it. You don't see a bunch of guys sitting around talking about their cigarette and say, hey, what are you tasting? And, you know, this is this is much, much like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I turned my cigarette around and I smoked the filter first. It was awesome. Yeah. Try it. This is like like wine drinkers talk yeah. About, yeah. about the wine. I think we're slowly actually converting Chuck because Chuck is a, oh, yeah. well, a I'm, closet I'm, cigarette I'm, smoker on the show. He doesn't talk about it much. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm converting, man. And like you said, Jonathan, this is the best smoke period I've ever had of anything. Right. I so, mean, now here I here I'm, I am down to a stub here. Yeah, I'm burning oh, my about, fingers. About an inch and three quarters, all right, and it is just as good as when I first right. lit it. Yeah. Which is oh. unbelievable. Now, just for the audience, if you're smoking a cigar, and I, an old timer down in the Dominican Republic told me this. You're smoking a cigar, and you get down to, like, the last third, and all of a sudden you're getting a bitter taste that's not as good. It tastes burned out. He said to me, take your lighter, light the end, and blow out yes. through the cigar. De-gassing. And if you do that for a little while, it helps blow out the impurities yeah. as well. Huh. The next puff you take, it's going to taste like you just lit the cigar. Yeah, it's clean again. And he was right. Yeah. Wow. Yep. That's a good little... Uh Insight there. Yeah. Dave, let me, I want to ask you a question because yeah. you're talking about premium cigars versus non-premium cigars. And when you first started 25 years ago, what kind of cigars were you selling? Were you selling premiums or was, was we, there a mixed we, batch? No, or? we have both and we still to this day have both. I mean, we sell... Uh, Parodies and Garcia Vegas and, and El Productos, which are, that's the machine-made stuff. And we have them all here. We sell them by the full boxes of 50. We don't carry the ones that are flavored like, uh, you know, a strawberry yeah. one or anything. It's, you know, as Jonathan was saying, a lot of that stuff is used as really drug paraphernalia more than, than uh, cigar smoking. Yeah. But there are old times that smoke that stuff. I mean, the, 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 the price obviously is a big difference. You're talking about cigars under a dollar made by machine. I've, I've been to the factory, finally. I, I've been wanting to do it my uh, my whole career to see one of these factories. And finally, when I was in Puerto Rico, they took me to one of the factories. They were nice enough to, uh, to take me there. Um, it was truly a factory with machinery. And I'll tell you a quick story of it. I left the factory and went back to the hotel. And we were having a dinner later that night. And I, I felt my, my skin was all sticky. I could smell all the grape and syrupy sweet smells that were in there because it's all the flavored stuff that they're pumping through uh, in the air and everywhere. And I got, a, I got in the room, took all my clothes off, jumped in the shower, did, washed my hair, everything, um, changed all my clothes, got back into the elevator, went downstairs to meet everybody, and as soon as I got into the elevator, a lady was in the elevator and said, wow, I smell grape. When I walked in there, I went down to the bottom of the elevator with her. I stayed in the elevator. 
I went back up to, to, to hit my room number. I went back up there. I'm like, what did I do? I, <laughs> I, I washed my eyebrows. I did everything. I changed everything. <laughs> the answer was my shoes. Really? They were the same shoes, but it was right. the only shoes I brought. So I actually washed my shoes in the sink. Wow. It, it, because the smell was so bad, it would permeated the air. It was fake. You know, it wasn't like they had yeah. grape, grape stripping or anything. It was some uh, chemical, chemical. Yeah, right. It was right. there, and and uh, it must have been in the, my nose hairs. I mean, I couldn't <laughs> stop smelling it. it. It took days and days for this to go away. Oh. It was terrible. Oh. Makes you want to look for a little bit of horse poo to step in. And maybe <laughs> right, right, right. I'll tell you. <laughs> and, and, uh. and to some people, you know, everybody's different. Maybe to some people that that's a good thing. I mean, I was I was disgusted by it. And I know some people come in and into the cigar store and they say, oh, it smells like cigars in here. To me, that is perfume. Yeah. That is a great, great. I love getting in my car. And it is, remembers, it brings me back. I mean, I'm in it every single day, but it brings me back. I always like going to the, the high school football game and there was a guy smoking a cigar in the stands and all those things have gone away and there's nothing wrong with it we can get into a debate over secondhand smoke that that i can go on for four hours about there's nothing true about it at all uh the, the problem is the smells like that fake grape smell or whatever right. uh you go into a candle store that that's all chemicals that smell. There's nothing natural about it. This is natural tobacco. This is just like uh, you having a, a fire or, or a campfire. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, the problem is that the chemicals burning, and that's what I believe the problem is with cigarettes. No question. There's hundreds and hundreds of chemicals in a cigarette. Three hundred something chemicals. And w- as that burns, chemicals are burning. Right. This is the, the ingredients of a premium cigar is one, rolled tobacco. Period. Nothing has been done to it. The blend is blending different styles of tobacco in different crops, in different parts of the plants. But that's it. It's an all-natural product. When it burns, there's no chemicals burning at all, and it's very, very pleasant as far as I'm concerned. And what really shocked me was the lack of nicotine. I mean, really, there's, what, less than 1%? 1%. Right. The other thing, too, just to show you the care that they take, they take the uh, leaves and place them in uh, a large metal container and to kill the eggs and make sure there's there's no living insects in it they subject it to an infiltration of a gas that is environmentally friendly kills any eggs leaves absolutely no residue really yeah and i mean that's how serious they are about making sure that what you smoke is absolutely all natural. That's awesome. So uh, do we have a, just because I know we have a hard break coming up, do we have a uh, Cigar Authority uh, evaluation of this smoke right here? Yeah, let's talk about it. Well, you know, as far as the cigars you've smoked, you smoked many, many cigars over your lifetime. How do we uh, how do we rate or how do we, what do we say about Potagus 150? I'm saying that uh, I'm down to three quarters of an inch. I've actually stuck it into the end of my cigar cutter because it's <laughs> That's that good. Interesting. It was burning my fingers. It is an interesting roach clip right there yeah. for you, huh? I wish, I wish I was a pipe smoker because I would stick this in the pipe and I'd finish it off the rest of the way. I mean, it's $100, so I want to make sure... What do I have, like $20 left here? Yes. I want to make sure that I get your money's worth. Which, thank you again, by the way. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm so happy you guys are here. You're, you're the perfect guys to be with me today. Honored to have you with, with me on my 25th anniversary and... Uh, why shouldn't we share the best cigars today? Thanks, sure, right? This is the very best I've ever had. Yeah, ever yeah. had. I've had Cubans, everything. And, yeah. Uh, it's absolutely great. 
Well, you know, an abused word is classic. Everybody claims they have a classic. This is a classic. Yeah. 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 Yeah, this thing, people will be talking about it for years to, to come, and uh, right. I don't know what I'll do with the rest of these. Put these aside for another five years or, or what to do it. So uh, I'll tell you what. You know, like with wine, yeah. it, the more age comes better quality. I, you know, I'm, I'm seeing that firsthand with this cigar. You know, it's hard to believe that a tobacco can just improve with age. And, I yeah. Mean, it's just. And, and a lot of tobaccos uh, reach a peak, so you got to be careful not to pass the peak and miss. Which you know, is, what would you it, say that peak is? Boy, it's really good. It's really good right now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how it could get better. I yeah, mean, this yeah. might, this might be peaking right now. Yeah. <sighs> 30 years. That'll do, that'll do that to a cigar, right? Yeah. Okay, when we come back, uh, we're going to let you know about some big events coming up in the near future. we got cigar lounges opening in the airport, smoking bands outdoors, and I want to talk to you about my brush with greatness this week. But first, let's go back to this day in 1962 when we were gearing up for the Cuban Missile Crisis, okay? Let's do it. And we'll be back in just a minute. In 1962, American intelligence discovered that the Soviet Union was installing missiles in Cuba which could be aimed at targets in the United States. Mother, do you think they'll like this song? President Kennedy ordered a naval blockade on October 22nd and threatened military action against the Soviets. Despite Castro's defiance, Soviet Premier Khrushchev had the missiles removed, easing worldwide fears of nuclear war. Kennedy's resolve made this a defining moment of his presidency. This government has promised, has maintained the closest surveillance of the Soviet military buildup on the island of Cuba. Mother, should I trust the government? Within the past week, unmistakable evidence has established the fact that a series of offensive missile sites is now in preparation on that imprisoned island. I call upon Chairman Khrushchev to halt and eliminate this clandestine, reckless, and provocative threat to world peace and the state of relations between our two nations. You're listening to The Cigar Authority on The Cigar Authority Radio Network. Attention all business owners and entrepreneurs looking to grow your business or increase sales. Well, here's your chance to get in on the ground floor of our exclusive radio show, The Cigar Authority. The Cigar Authority is broadcast across four powerful radio stations throughout New England and across the globe via podcast and live video stream. Team up with the Cigar Authority Radio Network and start connecting with our vast and dynamic audience of educated consumers with disposable income. For advertising and business opportunities designed to take your business to the next level, call me, Chuck Morrison, today at 603-630-8041. That's 603-630-8041. Or send us an email at ads at thecigarauthority.com. 
Look, if there's one thing that's true about the Cigar Authority listeners, it's that they all enjoy the finer things in life. And that most certainly includes your product or service. True or false? You don't have to spend a lot for a great cigar. True! Well, it's not true anymore, thanks to Dos Ombre Cigars. For over 20 years now, Dos Ombre has been the best bang for your buck brand, period. And with Dos Ombre, there's something for everyone. Try the mild white-banded Dos Ombre Dominican, or the fuller-body green-banded Dos Ombre Nicaraguan, or how about the red-banded Dos Ombre Honduran, available in natural or deep dark Maduro. Now with sizes for everyone, there's something for everyone. Handmade, long-filled, premium cigars in cost-saving bundles because you can't smoke the box. Dos Ombre, the best bang for your buck premium cigar, period. Now available in flavors. Try Dos Ombre flavors for something sweet. Hi, I'm Mr. Jonathan, the owner and operator of MrJonathanIsMyDJ.com. MrJonathanIsMyDJ.com is your one-stop shop for everything DJ or sound production. We do everything from weddings to backyard barbecues, boat cruises to theme parties. Whether you are planning a small, intimate gathering or a huge 4,000-person event, we have a package to fit your needs. Shoot me an email at info at MrJonathanIsMyDJ.com or call me at 603-475-1391. That's 603-475-1391. The back of the box is where all the bull goes. But in this case, there's no box. It's a bundle. A bundle of Desperado cigars. As a matter of fact, there's no band, no fancy ads, no promotions, or any bull at all. Because that costs money. And Desperado cigars are about saving you money. These are not first quality cigars. Not seamless, not perfect, or spectacular in any way. They are not made with tobaccos aged for 12 years, nor have they some secret fermentation process. This is second quality tobacco made in the Dominican Republic that was formed into a cigar for you to cut, light, and enjoy without breaking the bank. We think they taste pretty good for the money, they'll smoke pretty well, and they are so affordable it wouldn't kill you to hand one to a friend or two to enjoy with you. Desperado Cigars. They'll keep the bugs away and provide you with a nice, inexpensive smoke to experience for about a buck a cigar. Desperado. WWZN Boston. The Terriers of Boston University are the national champions. Your home for Boston University men's hockey and men's basketball. Fifth anniversary here. We're in Salem, New Hampshire, and Two Guys Smoke Shop has been around 25 years today. Today's actually the real anniversary of it. So two guys, uh, three locations, Salem, New Hampshire, Nashua, New Hampshire, and Seabrook, New Hampshire, all off exit one, off 9395 or Route 3. And they put their cigar stores, or we put our cigar stores, here uh, after moving from Massachusetts because of the tax and uh, coming here about 15 years ago. But it's 25 years ago today. 
that we opened the doors for the first time ever. Want to say hello to the four stations listening in. WWZN 1510 The Zone in Boston, along with WARL 1320 Positive Energy, Providence, Rhode Island. WGAM 1250, that's ESPN Radio in Nashua, New Hampshire. And WGHM 900 The Game in Manchester, New Hampshire. Listening also on the CigarAuthority.com, Ustream.net, and podcasted on Podbeam.com, where you can get all the past episodes at your fingertips at any time. And joining us with us today is Mr. Jonathan, yeah, baby. Renzo, and Ernie. Yep. And uh, we're celebrating two guys' 25th anniversary. We just had the uh, Partagas 150, and we loved it. And Which, now uh, we're going to move on to... Mine is still lit. I set it down before we went to the uh, to the break, and, and it's still, still st- smoking. You love when a cigar stays lit for you. Um, this next cigar we're going to smoke is a cigar that was actually made. Here, Chuck, you didn't forget you. Oh, thank Strong, you. be careful. Oh, God. I think you guys smoked that already. I did not. I gave mine up. Oh, really? Okay. This I, is a strong cigar, and it's uh, a cigar made actually for today. This cigar was made for one purpose only, to celebrate two guys' 25th anniversary. It was a one-time production, very, very small production. As a matter of fact, there were 500 cigars made total. That's it. So this is something I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to put some of these aside, and I hope in 15 years from now we can all get together. This would be a good 50th anniversary smoke right here. Huh? Um, this is a cigar, and, and we actually put a special catalog out. We'll light and cut right now. We put a special catalog out in comic book form because the Two Guys logo is a comic. And I was told um, 25 years ago when I put the logo together, and I did it with a, uh, a guy that was a cartoonist uh, at one time for Disney way back then. And um, it was a cigar, you know, me and my brother in the logo. First, it started off with uh, me and my friend Paul, actually, um, who owned video stores at the time. And we got together and we uh, put Two Guys Smoke Shop. Uh, uh, was Paul, was yeah. Paul ever part of the cartoon? Or was it yes, always, he was. He was. He was yep. in the original. Yep. Uh, it was me and Paul in the cartoon. And I'll tell you, after a little over a year, Paul had three thriving video stores at the time. They were big back then. They were big. And he was one of the first ones to come out with a video store. He actually was the first one in Boston. VHS back then. Yep. Regular cassette. And uh, Paul owned the uh, building that um, one of his stores were in, and he decided he was going to move to a bigger location and opened up a spot. And Paul was a good friend of mine, and uh, I was a disc jockey at the time working in the nightclubs, and all day long I used to go and bother him because I had nothing to do, and I'd go hang around (laughs) his video store. So Paul said, probably to get me off his back, you know, what do you say? You know, we're talking about opening the cigar store. You want to do it? And we went back and forth, and we said, all right, let's do it. And we took that spot. And it was a little 400 square foot, if that, little store in in Lower Broadway, Somerville, Massachusetts. 1985, October 16th, we opened the door for the first time. And the logo was a picture of me and him up there. And uh, I was was seven, by the way. He was seven. And I was eight. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I was 25 at the time. And let me tell you, young for being in the cigar business. And folks used to, uh, the reps that would come in, they'd come in and say, hey, where's your father? And I said, he's in Florida. Why? And the answer was that, you know, how could I be the owner of the store? As little as it was, it was just, you know, we were young guys. So uh, the store moves on, and it's doing, it's doing halfway decent, but nowhere to what Paul's video stores were doing. And Paul said, you know, it's not working out. Um, I'm going to sell the building. 
uh, you know, let's let's call it quits on this thing. And I said, I love it. I don't want to call call it quits. I want to keep going. So he said, well, I want out. And uh, I said, okay, let me uh, let's put a value on on what's left here, and uh, I'll buy you out and move the store. So uh, we put a value onto it, and it was on a Friday. And he says, okay, you know, we'll talk about it on Monday. Down the street, uh, you know, maybe 15, 20 buildings down across the other side of the street became a store for rent. And I saw it that day. I called the guy up, and he says, yeah, well, let's meet on Monday. I said, Monday's too late. If you're going to do this, you know, you got to have to come and see me today. So he came down, and he said, uh, let's... Uh, Let's talk. What do you want to do? And I said, I want to move this store. We agreed. And uh, I signed the lease right there and then. On Saturday and Sunday, we moved the store. When Paul showed up for work on Monday, the store was changed, moved, and the logo was changed. We uh, had the uh, artist. We took the sign down. We had the artist white over Paul's face. And my brother, um, who was working for me on Sunday mornings, putting the Sunday newspapers together, which we incidentally sold for less than we paid as a draw to get people to come in. Uh, I said, you want to be a partner in Two Guys Smoke Shop to my brother? And he said, I don't have any money. I said, you don't need any money. You want to be a partner? It means you got to work more. So he said, yeah. So uh, the, the, the face was changed as it remains today. And uh, that was it. And uh, you hear Paul's uh, ad on the Cigar Authority and yeah, right. help, help sponsor it's us. It's warm there, Charlie. That's right. <laughs> and uh, he's still still friends today, and he came up for our anniversary party, which is great. He came up for your birthday party, too. Yep, yep. So he's still a good, good friend. And, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately for him, the... Uh, the video store business changed dramatically, and um, you know that ended up didn't work out uh, after a while. But he, at one point, I mean, he was the man in the video store business. It was called Video Barns, and uh, he was unbelievable. The promotions and things he did, and I learned from him too. I mean, he was doing unbelievable promotions, and that's part of uh, what we love to do anyway. So uh, that's pretty much the story of two guys. What happened about 15 years ago was. Uh, we were in Massachusetts. We had a store in Somerville, Everett, and East Boston. And uh, we were there for 10 years, and we were thriving. We were, we were probably doing the most business around, and business was really good. But um, the Massachusetts politics decided uh, they wanted to tax cigars. And um, in those days, I tried to, to, to get the other stores involved and let's go fight because fighting a battle all by yourself is uh, never a, a right. good thing. You was know? this in the same time frame when Dukakis came out and said no new taxes? Nope, this is after. Okay. Dukakis is gone. This was uh, 95. Okay. Wait, that wasn't Bush's thing first? Read my lips? No. Before Bush. This is the state, state, in, state of Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yeah. And, uh, Bunch of you know, assholes. I, right. I fought and fought and fought, and um, I got quoted on the State House steps from the Boston Globe. And I said, if they put this tax in, I'm going to close all the stores and move over the border in tax-free New Hampshire as a threat. Unbeknownst to me, the next day's paper, front page of the Boston Globe, and you usually got to kill somebody to get the front page of the Boston Globe. You can't buy an ad on it, and usually it's a murder or something. Mm -hmm. But it was me, and it was me threatening that I was going to move. Well, two days later, they passed it. They didn't want you. 
They didn't want me, and my foot was in my mouth. I had no choice at that point after making that threat. I actually, we have to leave. So we got the newspapers that morning, and there it is on the front page, and my brother calls me up and says, now what? And I said, let's take a ride. So we drove up to New Hampshire. We rented the first spot we could, which was in Salem, New Hampshire, right over the border. And, and uh, across the street, across from, the street here. from here. Yeah. Yep. We opened the, the, the first store. We uh, had till July 1st to close all the stores. So we rented a couple U-Haul trucks. We closed up the stores. We moved everything. And it took about maybe 60 days before we got the store opened. So we were, after 10 years, we were closed down for two months. And day one, a 10-year business that was thriving was starting at day one again after 10 years. So it was a risky thing, but it was uh, almost my foot was in my mouth. I had to do it. Good things turned out because uh, the day we opened was at that time the busiest day in our history. There was lines of people at the front door to get in because they heard all you know that was going on about the tax and why we left. And people drove 30 miles north to say, good for you. Uh, you know what? We'll take the ride up here and stuff. On so, my 18th birthday, yeah? I bought my very first legal cigar from Two Guys Smoke Shop. I never told you that. From that store across the street. Did you ever buy an unlegal cigar from Two Guys Smoke Shop? Never, never, never. from Two Guys Smoke no. Shop. But okay. before I was 18, I had smoked some cigars. Because folks, we do card. We don't want the children, that's for sure. But no. you know, uh, when when the high schools around here have their graduation, there's a lot of kids that come in uh, to get a cigar for graduation, and uh, all of age. That you know, we we card every single person, and sometimes the parent will come in if it maybe it's somebody that's not of age or something. You know what? I got to get a cigar for my son. Hey, I'm selling it to you. You do what you want, right. but um, they celebrate up here uh, a lot of the schools, and they light yep. a cigar after. And this, this is what 90% of this thing is, is celebrating. I happen to celebrate about five times a day. How many times do you well, celebrate a day? Well, too much, but, <laughs> you know. I, I, on a weekend, My wife isn't listening. Yeah, three to five. Three to five? <laughs> yeah. yeah, basically on a weekend, I do at least five. They uh, say the average real true cigar smoker averages about two a day. Right. During the week, I do about two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm too busy uh, right. earning a living to pay for them. Can you guys <laughs> smoke uh, in your office? No. Ernie and Renzo? No. No, no, no. we couldn't. No. I can. No. Uh, you're lucky me. Your, your office in the basement of your house? Yeah. yeah. It's a studio. It's not a basement. Okay, studio. It's my studio. Yeah. I, re- I remember the first time I ever heard of two guys. I was uh, working in Boston, and uh, I used to go to... A couple of hundred-year-old yeah. cigar tobacconists, okay? Which is Peretti and Ehrlich's. Ehrlich. Those yeah. were, Ehrlich. Yep. When, when I got in the business, they were the ones. They were the guys. Yeah, yeah. there's no doubt about it. They did not promote. They did not market. They were just there. Yeah. And so when you would go in there, uh, you have to... It, was, it seemed to me like they were... The pipe guys kind of yeah. dominated the stores. Right. Okay? And then I would go past them and... You know, you you could buy Davidoff, uh, PGs. Yeah, Paul Demarion. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I'd trek over there. They you you'd walk in, walk out. Nobody really paid a hell of a lot of attention to you. Uh, so anyway, I'm stuck in a tunnel. <laughs> and all of a sudden, they yeah. got, they had tunnel radio. Yeah. And I'm stuck in a tunnel, and I'm listening about David Garofalo and two guys smoke shop yeah. in East Boston. So I said, what the hell? So good good I, commercial until you got to the store. This yeah. is it? <laughs> yeah. I drive over. You know, I can see Santarpios, and yeah. I take, take a right by uh, dealing vintage. Yeah. You know. Some loans. Some loans. Yeah. yeah. 
And then I find a place to park on Meridian Street. And then I Good walk luck. in. Little yeah. tiny place. 500 right? square feet. And they had a, they had a like a shrine near. It said Cigar of the Year, Troya. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but that was my first trip. They treated me great. Uh, and uh, I've been addicted to, you know, I talked about passion earlier. David's a passionate man. Everything he does is with passion and enthusiasm. Mm. And uh, his customers become, you know, we all be, we don't know why we all end up here, don't we, Renzo? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. In, in order to be successful in any profession, you have to be actively engaged in what you do. Right. And, and Dave is there all the time for us. And, you know, one of the things I wanted to say is cigar smoking and, and the type of cigar that I'll smoke at any time has to do with the occasion, I've found, for me. Right. If I'm out playing golf, I'll smoke something lighter, typically, right. like a Chateau Royale. Love that cigar. Um, Such a good smoke. It is. It's mild and still has flavor. Yeah. That's what I look for. Yeah. Or sometimes I'll have a, uh, the uh, Perdomo uh, Patriarch, something like that. But for, you know, after dinner... Whole other ball game. Mm. Uh, I'll go right, for the going. for the high end. You get that bourbon out, don't you? Yeah, I was bourbon. just gonna say, what are you what are you smoking with the bourbon? <laughs> or, a, or a really good port. Right. Yeah. The two oh, I love port. Oh, I oh, do yeah. too. Yeah. And you know, smoking cigars is it's almost like if you taste a cheap port, get a cheap port, right. in a small glass, and get a really good port in another. And I had a chance to taste a five dollar glass. And a hundred and fifty dollar glass, which had been bottled in 1865. Oh, wow! I had a chance. A, a buddy of mine at a, an exclusive nice. restaurant in Boston said, "Here, Renzo, I want you to taste the difference." And I'll tell you, if you ever do that, yeah, you never go then, back. Then you understand what the difference is between right. smoking a cheap cigar and a really good. Yeah. Well, we, one. we tried that uh, last week. We smoked a five dollar box press Maduro and a twenty five dollar box press Maduro, and the difference was dramatic. As a matter of fact, the guys dropped the five dollar one; they wouldn't even smoke it, and uh, went on to we the twenty five dollar. First one. time I've ever seen Dave Peer pressured. We got right. to, <laughs> I mean, to put my cigar he doesn't, I don't like to put any cigar down. He doesn't like to put truth. any cigars down. It's his business. It's his passion. But uh, Chuck and I were both like, I'm sorry, this is terrible. <laughs> it was. I don't like talking trash about cigars either. I mean, I generally like just about everything that I've ever smoked. There's only been two cigars that I've ever put down. And I mean, two cigars ever in my life. And I've smoked everything. El Productos, yeah, yeah. Philly Blunts, everything. And... I'll tell you. Well, I didn't, oh, it's disgusting. I didn't, I didn't find it all that bad. But again, I tell you, I smoke the worst cigars in the world. I have to smoke cigars that don't make it to the shelf because it's so bad. Yeah. I decide we're not going to buy it, and I don't have to put you guys through awful cigars. If it's not on the shelf, there's a reason it's not. We have a caller on the line, Jerry from Watertown. Jerry, what do you say? Yeah, very interesting show. As usual, David, you're holding your own. Thank you. I appreciate that highly. And uh, I'd like you to you know that, that uh, you know, most people that are Italian would have an Italian producer, but you actually branched out and got an Irishman. Yeah. I, I have to give you credit for that because affirmative action, there's no more jobs than the police and the fire. So you giving Chucky a job is a, is a great thing. Thank you. Thank you, Jerry. Yes. And uh, I want to tell you about two cigar stores that I was, last night I was blown away, David. I went to Gloucester Street Cigars. Awesome. Okay. Have you heard of it? Yes, I have. I know them well. Okay. It's on the corner of Gloucester and Newberry Streets, right in downtown Boston. 
about two blocks from that other cigar place called Cigar Masters that you couldn't pay me $100,000 to go into. So I'm in, I'm in at Gloucester Street Cigar. He's got a fine selection of Kavadoffs, got Tatawahe's. He's got a special blend he has made in Miami, hand-rolled, very nice, about eight, ten bucks. He's got La Florida Manicanas. And I'm having my port wine, and it was very good port wine. It was $80 a half bottle. <laughs> and we had a good time, and it was a great conversation. But what gets me is the newbie cigar smoker. Yeah. There was a kid up there, and he was Chinese, and he was 22. And he was going to tell me about cigars, David. Yeah, not, not you, right? Well, no, not you, David, either. So the kid said to me, you know, I'm a connoisseur. I said, really? How long have you been smoking? He said, two years. I said, I have underwear I've had on longer than you've been smoking. <laughs> All right, I that's said, true. Yeah, I said, what do you smoke for a good cigar? He says, I won't touch a Rocky Patel. I said, you're showing your ignorance. What's wrong with a Rocky Patel? He said, well, they make too many of them. I said, have you had the Old World Reserve of the Autumn Cigar? He said, no. I said, then you don't know what you're talking about. That's right. That's right. Okay, Jerry. What I try to tell cigar smokers, David, is this. You have to try everything. Everybody's palate's different. That's right. And try everything maybe twice. You know, yes. some, sometimes uh, you, you think, uh, and that goes for a restaurant, they say to try it twice, and that, and that goes for uh, some cigars. So all I mean, your listeners and all your fans out there, kick back, relax, and enjoy it. Long ashes. Thank and you. The come back to wrestling. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> all right, that's Jerry from Watertown. Uh, phone number here, once again, 617-237-1234. If you need to chime in, it was celebrating two guys' 25th anniversary up here with some great cigars. The cigar we're smoking right now is two guys' 25th anniversary. Only 500 of these cigars were ever made. They were made for a, a special occasion, which is the 25th anniversary, which is today. Well, actually, uh, when we come back from the break, I have a little present for you and Chuck. Uh, because I know I like you presents. guys, I know you guys have been working very hard on producing some uh, new commercials, and so as a present, I made a commercial for uh, for the show, and I'd, I'd like to air it and have you guys have you guys give it a listen. Beautiful. Okay. Awesome. So, awesome. All right. So so let's take a break right now. When we come back, I'm gonna let you know about my brush with greatness. But first, I'm gonna tell you a little about it right now. I have I had 20 beers Thursday night. 20, 20 beers, beers, Dave. In Boston with Tom Brady. That's right. You're going to tell us about this? I'm going to tell you. I'm, I'll give you uh, two questions that have already been asked of me. Was Jill Sol there? Was he wearing his Super Bowl ring? The answer is yes. Will it affect his game this week? The answer is no. I doubt it. And I'll explain the whole story to you when we come back. You're listening to the Cigar Authority on the Cigar Authority Radio Network. Just because we get around Talking about my generation Things they do look awful Talking about my generation I hope I die before I get old Flor de Lorraine She came from the streets of Paris Flor de Lorraine is a magnificent jewel of a cigar with a contemporary French dial and prestige. Flor de Lorraine marries rare aged tobaccos in old world craftsmanship. Flor de Lorraine. Deep layers of lush tobaccos fuse in a symbol of charismatic intensity. 
for luxurious expression with no concession. Fleur de Lorraine. Discover Fleur de Lorraine's rich, bold taste with a little European flair. Fleur de Lorraine. Discover the extraordinary craftsmanship behind every Fleur de Lorraine. Fleur de Lorraine. Discover Fleur de Lorraine's elegance, charm, and value. Fleur de Lorraine, now available in natural or Maduro. Discover Fleur de Lorraine cigars at fine tobacconists everywhere. Fleur de Lorraine. Fleur de Lorraine. From the streets of Paris to you. Let me ask you a serious question. Do you like what you're doing for a living? Are you sick of being in the rat race, living life on other people's terms? Hi, this is Chuck Morrison from MakingMountainsMove.com, and I challenge you to take back control of your life and make mountains move to live the life that you were meant to live. If you have a dream, a burning desire, but feel miles away from living it, I can help. You see, I used to be a stressed out corporate slave with time for everyone but me and my family until I made the decision to follow my heart and pursue my passion. Today, I'm living life on my terms and helping people achieve the same in record time. Look, you have a purpose to serve in this life, and I can guarantee you it's not to be stuck inside of some job or some career that's sucking the life right out of you. It's time for you to take back control of your life. It's time for you to make mountains move. Take the first step today. Head on over to makingmountainsmove.com and sign up for my free number one secret to help you get out of your job and into your dream. It's time for you to make mountains move. I say, sir, enjoying a good cigar shouldn't cost you a fortune. And it doesn't have to when you light up a classic. Classic brand cigars are priced right, and there is a blend or size just right for you. Classic Connecticut is a mild and smooth smoke, while the classic Maduro is deep, dark, and delicious. The classic Cameroon has a hint of natural sweetness that will keep you coming back for more and more but it's the classic Cuban that is bold and full-flavored, just like the classic Cuban cigars from before the embargo. Every classic blend is available in four classic sizes, the Robust, Toro, Churchill, and Torpedo. But whichever one you choose, a classic cigar will guarantee you a smooth and easy draw. Classic cigars. The name says it all, sir. The ads are all over TV and radio. Foreclosure, default, loan modification. If you're having trouble making your mortgage payments before you give up, ruin your good name, and lose your home, you need to call Paul Antonelli, that short sale guy. As a Coldwell Banker agent, Paul specializes in helping people sell their home in a short sale. You see, a short sale is a complicated transaction most real estate agents don't understand. Not every homeowner can qualify for a short sale, and some lose valuable time and money when they try the short sale process only to find that they don't qualify. Paul understands the process and knows the steps for a successful short sale. When you call, Paul will cover all the necessary details and tell you if a short sale is possible on your property. Remember the name, Paul Antonelli, or go to thatshortsaleguy.com and watch Paul's informational videos. Then call and let his expertise guide you to a successful short sale. You're at your computer now, so go to thatshortsaleguy.com. Paul Antonelli and the short sale team. Go to thatshortsaleguy.com. 
Born of cold Russian winters, the wheat of hammer and sickle is hand-cleared in the Black Earth region, then dry shipped to the distillery, where masters of the craft distill and filter hammer and sickle six times, transforming the harvest into a smooth, super-premium vodka, worthy of its Russian heritage. Hammer and sickle, super-premium vodka, Russian reborn. 40% alcohol by volume, imported by Clean Spirits, LLC, Massachusetts. Please enjoy responsibly. We're back with the Cigar Authority, 617-237-1234 is the number. Celebrating Two Guys Smoke Shop's 25th anniversary. We're here in Salem, New Hampshire right now, but uh, all Two Guys Smoke Shops in Salem, Seabrook, and Nashua, New Hampshire, uh, celebrating with us today, offering 25% off at all stores. They're open till 6 o'clock. If uh, you can make it down there, please do. If you can't, you can always buy online at twoguyssmokeshop.com. You'll get to 25% off if you do it before midnight tonight. It'll automatically go out on Monday. You'll get the 25% off. So uh, that's twoguyssmokeshop.com. Or if you want to call, you can call them at 888-2-CIGAR-2. That phone number again, 888-2-CIGAR-2, which comes out to 1-888-224-4272. So uh, this is my ad for Two Guys Smoke Shop, uh, celebrating 25th anniversary, and we're celebrating right now with the Two Guys 25th anniversary cigar. That incidentally, 500 cigars were ever made. They, the retail price on the cigar is $100 a piece. And the offer right now is if you buy two, you get one of those silver bars that were minted for um, the anniversary party, which next Saturday, if you want to listen to behind the scenes at Two Guys Anniversary Party, will be aired next week at this time, 12 noon to 2 o'clock. And that was a great show, by the way. I heard it. And uh, that's what we're going to run next week. So Tommy uh, Greller and Mr. Jonathan interviewing all the who's who in the cigar industry. Right. It's an incredible show. And, uh, really, it was it was Tommy Grella and Mr. Jonathan intermittently coming on and off screen because I kept getting booted for the spots. <laughs> you know, the cigar liberties would come up, and then they'd kick me off to the side. Yeah. They're looking at me like, who is this guy? We don't know him. Yeah. <laughs> why, why are you talking? <laughs> right. Really? I thought it went very well, by the way. And usually uh, when I have nothing to do with it, uh, I don't think it's uh, all that good. So, uh, <laughs> we talking about me? I've, I've lost all interest. Uh, listen, uh, this Thursday night, very interesting night for me. Uh, first off, I had 20 beers with Tom Brady at the Harpoon Brew in Boston for a Citibank event. 20 beers. 20 there. beers. Um, that a boy. And will it affect his game? And uh, the answer is I don't think so because first off, the 20 beers were tasting glasses. They were only one ounce each. All right, right all right. So it was oh, one of those sneaky bastards. <laughs> uh-huh. right? So, uh, and, and I wasn't keeping track of his. I was keeping track of mine. I had about 20 beers. But uh, they said, you know, Tom Brady's coming in and, uh, you know, it was a small group of us, too. So, uh, geez, this will be cool. Uh, will it affect his game? The answer is I don't think so. I doubt it very much because it was Tom Brady Sr. It was Tom Brady's dad. Uh, 
And uh, uh, nice, nice guy. But, you know, nevertheless, that was my brush with greatness this week. Um, the apple didn't fall far from the tree. Does he that was, mean he was reaching up your skirt and checking out what was going no, on? No, he was a nice, nice oh, right. man. Yeah, he's in the financial business, and it was uh, Citibank that, that had this little get-together. And uh, there was a lot of who's who that was in there. But, uh, you know, they said Tom Brady was coming, and uh, it was a little... Uh, does he know, look like? Does he look like his son? No, he, I no. don't think so. My no wife, long hair. My wife asked that. Yeah. Did that look like him? I said I don't think it did, but he was uh, well dressed. Uh, he was with his wife and. Uh, it's Tom Brady, Thomas Brady. You mentioned uh, he was wearing the Super Bowl ring. Does he have a ring, or was he that had a ring? Yeah, yeah, he had a Super Bowl ring. There was no denying it. Right. It was yeah. huge. Oh yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, but uh, you, you see these guys all the time. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, Chuck works for the New England Patriots. Audio. Or yeah. Were, yeah. Do you work for the Patriots, or do you work for? They they cut the checks, but it's the radio broadcast that essentially I'm a part of. So okay. Technical background, uh, you know, engineering basically. Dorky stuff. Dorky technical, <laughs> blah blah. Yeah. But hey, I get to go to every game home in a way. That's the best part. Okay. The amazing amazing thing is uh, Tom Brady Sr., uh, they, they introduced me to this David Groff, the Two Guys Smoke Shop, and he says, uh, oh, I heard of you guys. Nice. I said I heard of you too. Well, Tony, Dave, a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of these, a lot of the coaches on the Patriots. I won't say who yet, but yeah. they, you know, after a big victory, they're all out by the buses smoking cigars. Right. And well, uh, you know, you see the Ashens and the Davidoffs, and you know, quality stuff. Well, so they, they they had wished that that, uh, that you know they they all mentioned Jesus cigar would be great right now. We're drinking all these beers, and they were explaining the beers like like we do the cigars, and said you know wouldn't it be nice if uh, we could smoke a cigar in here, and yeah. you know. Boston, forget about it. Massachusetts, forget about it. But one uh, thing that comes to mind right now is Cambridge, Massachusetts. And this is just this week. The city council uh, is following New York City's attempt to extend the statewide outdoor smoking ban to include the city's public spaces, including parks. I'm I'm shocked. That'd be worth getting a ticket for. Yeah, right. (laughs) Absolutely. I'll go down and smoke. Yeah, we'll go stage a smoking. It is public. Everybody owns it. They'll show. Show up with in riot gear to arrest a bunch of uh, fifty-plus smokers. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. It's, it's silly and ridiculous, and they're doing it. And we continue to fight. We cannot not fight because if we do, these ridiculous things are going to happen. But I can't believe as far as they got already. Yeah, really. You know. So th- the thing is, the fight back, guys. We have the right to use a legal product. You've taken away every indoor space besides most cigar stores. The cigar stores that you can't even smoke in in Massachusetts. How does uh, Cigar Masters and Worcester get away with the smoking? They have a, uh, not whatever's left of a 10-year reprise. Right. Hmm. Will that have to get renewed? (laughs) Yeah, good luck, huh? I don't know what's going to happen there, but, you know, you're talking about guys that, that have a business down there, like Cigar Masters, that have, they can't even sell their business if they wanted to because it's non-transferable, the, the, the legalized smoking That's thing. BS. They can't sell it. Uh, they can operate it, and uh, it has no value after the 10 years are up. I think three or four years have could, gone by already on that. Could they transfer that to a family member if they wanted? I don't think so. That's bogus. I don't think so. That's Bush. So... It, it's crazy stuff, and this stuff happens all the time. I hate to bring everybody down and tell you the bad things that are happening, but be, be, believe it or not, they're talking even in New Hampshire, uh, outdoor, outdoors on the beaches. They want to stop smoking on the beaches, and the reasoning behind that is littering. Now, you have laws for littering. And all you got to do enforce is them. enforce mm-hmm. those laws. Yeah. Uh, well, the good news is maybe they won't enforce the laws about smoking because they're not enforcing the ones about littering. For some reason, boy, you, I've had a cigar in my hand unlit, 
And I can't tell you how many people have ever c- come to me holding an unlit cigar. You can't smoke that in here. I mean, everybody all of a sudden is the police. And I said, it's not even lit. Calm down. Yeah. I mean, it freaks people out. Take a deep breath. Don't be it such a baby. It freaks people out. Uh, having a cigar in my hand, oh, my God. It's, it's like you're doing the worst possible thing. It's not even lit. And the person's like really red-faced, red, looking for a fight, mm. looking for a fight. I didn't even light it. You know, the next thing is going to be that you can't even possess the thing. But we'll, we'll, we'll go. That's a, um, I'll go to jail for that, too. Oh, my God. We're, we're destroying the freedoms that yeah. this country was founded upon completely. Yeah. I was down in, I told you guys about the, the humidors, the almond humidors. Yeah, yeah. We were at the Bourbon Festival in Bardstown, Kentucky. We walked into this uh, restaurant, uh, breakfast place, downtown, and uh, waitress said to us, what you all have in those boxes, boys? <laughs> we said, cigars. She said, uh, well, if you'd like to light one up, you can. I said, you got to be kidding me. Ha. Huh. We can light up in here at breakfast time? She said, yeah, go right ahead. She said, hey, Artie. It's, it's still America down here, boys. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You know, and that, that's what bugs me. You know, again, Dave, I hate to get all negative, but that's what bugs me about New Hampshire. I really, really love living here. I love the leave, live for your die mantra, but it's like there's so many limits in New Hampshire. It's, and if, for them good. to try to impose more, it's just it's yeah. so frustrating. Right. Well, Election Day is coming up real soon. And things have to be turned around. And your way to make make a change right now is to let them know that you don't like it. And even if you're listening in and, you, and you're not a smoker, don't you think we have the right to do it? Yeah. And maybe someday we're going to take away your potato chips or whatever it is that you're into. Uh, you know, we take that away from you. Because I'd stand up for you. That's right. For, even though I, if I didn't, and I, I eat potato chips too, but let's assume <laughs> I didn't. That's uh, a big assumption. Right. I would assume... You know, assume that I would stand up for you no matter what. Yeah. You know, and uh, that's what you got to do, or else believe me, they're going to come knocking at your door. There's an old right. story of that. that yep. You know. Yeah. No more fried dough. So, Dave, say it. Please say it. Who are you going to vote for? I'm going to vote for governor for for John Stephen. I love it. Same and, here. Yep. Me too. I am. I'm all over and, that. And uh, you know, I I uh, I don't know what the legality is for me to endorse somebody or what it is as a radio show right now. I'm a, I'm a cigar retailer, and you know, we put the show together and stuff. But you know, they're both welcome to come here anytime and want to talk about it. But I know the governor we have now is is dead set against uh, smokers' rights. Yeah. A lot and, of rights actually. Right. And and the thing is, uh, you know, I I talked and lent to John Stephen about it, and I said, listen, uh, I want to know wh- where you stand on it, and come right out and say it, and he says, no, I'm, I'm for your rights and all that stuff, and uh, take it to the bank, and I said, okay, you got my vote. Awesome. And, uh, you know, uh, Governor Lynch has been in there for a long, long time, and uh, even if he was doing a sensational job, I be- also believe in term limits. Yep. You know, don't make this thing, uh, you know, I don't like career politicians and stuff. They owe too many favors and things like that. I don't want to turn this into a whole political thing, but <laughs> I-, I can go all day with this thing. Let's, uh, let's talk about the cigar. Ernie, what are you feeling about this cigar here? Well, the first thing I noticed about this cigar with the wrapper. You know, I don't know what the wrapper is, but it's an extraordinarily beautiful wrapper. Very fine. Yeah. And uh, it has a dry finish, you know, which some cigars have. L- l- like dry wine. Yes. You know, a wine yep. would, would have a dry finish. Yep. The, the, uh, but the, once again, the blend is superb. Uh, I'm a full-bodied cigar guy. So this for is me, full-bodied. This is right up, right up my alley. Yeah. Yep. This is uh, there's a secret to this cigar. It, it, uh, the deal was that the manufacturer who made these 500 cigars, the deal was um, 
first off, we don't make special cigars for anybody. And the That's deal, a hint right there, folks. The, the deal is that um, I, you can't tell anybody that I made the cigar for you. Nobody. And I've tried. You must sell the cigar for $100 a piece. Right. And I said, you know, I can't sell a cigar for $100 a piece. And I said, eh, eh, I got an idea. And that was with the idea with a silver bar with, with two of them. You get a four-ounce silver bar, which is worth over $100 now. So, uh, you know, put that into it. You get two of them, and it's uh, $200, and it comes with the silver bar. Uh, we have another caller online right now. We have Rudy from Canada. Oh, Canada. Rudy, how are you? Hey Dave, how are you doing? Very good, very good. Rudy, are you uh, are you still with Coco? Uh, yes, I am. I am entirely with Coco at least until uh, you know until the show gets back on the air, and then I can I can you know relax the campaign a bit. Yeah, I don't know what that means. I'm lost too. Rudy, why don't you explain that to us? All right, so you know when. When the whole thing went down with NBC and Conan O'Brien, there was a, a rally that formed behind him, uh, and they called themselves Team Coco. And, uh, you know, a bunch of people on Facebook changed their their profile picture to, uh, you know, the, the drawing of Conan's face. Oh. So, uh, that's Very statuesque picture of it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, yeah, so what's so, up with uh, you today? Well, you know, uh, enjoying the show as always, and I uh, wanted to say I'm very glad to uh, to hear Mr. Jonathan back on the air. Oh, thank uh, you, Rudy. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully uh, Tommy gets back on sometime soon. Um, you know, actually, what you guys were talking about segged perfectly into what I was going to, to say. Um, I watched a documentary a couple of nights ago, and it's called Beer Wars. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. No, I, I've no. heard of it, but I haven't seen it. Okay, uh, so the the documentary is basically about all of the or a lot of the microbrewers in America against kind of the major major beer manufacturers and how the major beer manufacturers are kind of trying to to choke them out basically and to to make them uh, make it hard for them to do business the microbreweries. Wow, very uh, interesting. Yeah, as I was watching this though. Uh, it occurred to me that a very similar thing could be done uh, in regards to the situation with cigar smokers, maybe even cigar and pipe smokers, and kind of the way that the government uh, discriminates against cigars in the same way it does against cigarettes. Um, so, you know, I was going to say, if there's any budding filmmakers out there, maybe there's a, a big project for you that, that would get a lot of press and interest. Hmm. You know, it's very possible that that certainly could happen. We see lots of consolidation in the cigar world right now where the big companies are overtaking some of the smaller companies, and it looks like it's going to get very, very hard for a new guy to succeed in this industry, getting shelf space and things like that. They make it tough. I know Philip Morris did that to to me years ago. And two guys, we used to carry cigarettes way back when, and Philip Morris came up with something called the Master's Program where they demanded basically 
50% of the real estate within the, within the store. And I said no to them, and they proceeded to run promotions around us in all the other stores until it got really tough to compete. Therefore, my move was to discontinue cigarettes altogether, Good which move. is which well was played. A, yeah, yeah. Was, you know, you're talking a lot of money loss and stuff, but that's how I play. You know, uh, real you don't t- push Dave. Right, I played really <laughs> tough back, right. but for the most part, most people rolled over, and uh, they got basically 50 percent of the real estate within everybody's stores and um, this is this is how I see some of the play of the cigar industry you know history repeats itself and these people learn from from the other monsters that do this stuff and uh, this is what I what I would hate to see happen to the cigar industry because what I love about it is the mom and popness of it the small manufacturers which I know them and their families and children and their wives and they know the same on our end and, and it's a it's a truly mom and pop industry and if, if the big guys, I know Philip Morris uh, ended up buying Middleton Tobacco, and it looks like they're in play to buy Swedish Match right now. Um, oh, you no. can see you can see lots and lots of things are going on there. So that's a great point, and I am going to find that Beer Wars documentary myself and look at it because I'm I'm sure that these big monster cigar manufacturers are looking at things like that too. Yeah, you know that. I mean, that definitely applies to uh, to, to Bill Herlica, who's been on your show a few times. Love Bill. Uh, yeah, White Birch Brew. Uh, yeah, White Birch Brewery, exactly. And actually, that's a good angle. You know, um, even the the cigarette manufacturers versus the uh, you know kind of the cigar manufacturers. You look at the, the premium cigar manufacturers, and you can you can see. I mean, you see uh, on your because I watched the 25th anniversary kind of recording on UStream. And you see, you know, a lot of the guys, Rocky Patel, Jorge Padron, all those guys, um, they're, they're all very hardworking guys, and they work yeah. very hard to bring their companies up from the, from the ground up. Uh, and, I mean, even someone like a, from the new generation, like Sam Lucia, who tours the country, and he, he does rolling events at tons of stores. Yeah. Yeah, he's so, he's the one he's the one that has nub cigars. All of them work very very hard. There's not a, there's not a lucky guy in this industry, you know, that that lucked into it. And while he was lucky, that his brand got popular. Each and every one of them, and I know them all personally, work very very hard. You're talking about being on the road 300 days a year, uh, depriving their own families and stuff, and going out there, or every once in a while uh, meeting up with their families, and their whole family ends up touring around with them. They work endless hours, and they deserve everything. They they get, and uh, you know that goes for top retailers. I mean, every none of this stuff is lucky. You know, the harder you work, the luckier you get, and that's what I see in this industry. And uh, they all deserve the the, the uh, everything they're getting. What were you going to say, Ernie? Well, basically, I was going to say the area where I see uh, the small premier cigar manufacturers being vulnerable is in the ingredients area. I think the big guys can go out and buy the tobacco. They'll, they'll buy all the good They'll monopolize the growers. Yep. Uh, they can they, they, they can make it real hard, I think. Well, you see some people like um, um, Nick Perdomo, where he has finally uh, cultivated his own tobacco fields. Right. Lito Gomez has done it. Right. You, uh, you know, some of these guys see the writing on right. the wall themselves, and yep. they ended up uh, g- uh, getting to that. So uh, I saw it in the, in the coffee business. I mean, essentially... Companies like Starbucks who make premium mm-hmm. coffee, mm-hmm. you know, it goes. But they go down to Central America and South America, and they they go to the little growers, 
and buy up all the beans. Right. And then, it, then they just the burn them and then call it coffee. Right. But if you're going to try to, <laughs> if you're going to try to compete with them, you're not going to have any ingredients. I mean, bottom line. Hey, Rudy. Yeah. Thanks so much for uh, listening to the Cigar Authority and checking us out on Facebook all the time. We appreciate you being a, a listener and a, and a Very caller. loyal. Very, Very loyal, loyal listener. Thanks Thank a lot, you, Rudy. Rudy. Uh, all right. Take care, Rudy. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Uh, next on the line, we have George from uh, Lexington. Lexington. George. Toyota. Lexington Toyota. Okay. Uh, Lexington Toyota. Great show you got. Thank you. What's happening? Not much is happening. Not then. What do you smoke? What are you smoking? I don't smoke anything. I just so you know what a great show you got. Oh, I appreciate it. you don't smoke. Well, we got to get you to try a uh, try a cigar one of these days. Party gets 150. Come on up. Please pop well, in. Please pop in, and uh, we'll pop in into Lexington to Toyota and buy a Toyota from you and smoke right in the car. Sounds good. I'll stop over there. Okay, thank you. That's George from Lexington. Right. Just uh, throwing in a little commercial for him. But so that's good. But he's listening. Shameless Lexington plug, Toyota. Right yeah. He's listening. He's listening. And uh, go go in and say hi to George. And maybe we can get him as an advertiser. Who knows? Yeah. Right now he just got a freebie. But that's okay. That's all right. Yeah. That's okay. He's listening. Yeah. So you liking the cigar, Renzo? What do you think? Love it. It's uh, absolutely no flaws in the uh, wrapper. Minimal. Veins, it's uh, it's really smooth smoke. It reminded me when I lit it up. You know how when you drive down the road in the fall, yeah, and you'll catch a whiff of uh, some brush burning and how good it smells yeah, together with yeah. the cool air. That's exactly the the uh, aroma, okay. the smell that I got. It brought back L- that little memory. autumn leaves, right? Yep, autumn yep. leaves. Yep. Perfect, yep. perfect timing. It's a beautiful day here in New England. Those that are listening uh, elsewhere, uh, a little chilly, but it's it's a nice day. They expected terrible rains and stuff. Oh, it's beautiful. But the sun's out. Yeah, and yeah. it's a beautiful yeah. day. It's perfect. I'd love to be a weatherman because they <laughs> they never get it right, and I'm glad they they got it wrong today anyway. I have to say, uh, and to toot my own horn, I'm one of uh, well, go ahead, <laughs> two people. That have had three of these. That's uh, right. And I, I've inspected them uh, each and every time, and the wrapper is flawless is on flawless. all of them. Yeah. All of them. Right. It, it is the best of anything we could get. And, and there, was, there was a lot of details. If you get our comic book, and we put out a, a catalog, and we put it in comic book form, and it's a story of this cigar. So you can just uh, go on to twoguysmokeshop.com. You'll see the comic book on, on there, or you can just... Um, uh, Info at Two Guys Smoke Shop and request one with your name and address, and we'll mail, mail you out one. Uh, or you can just see it online. But it's a story of actually how this cigar was made. And we asked everybody. We needed it a certain way. And then finally, this is a true story. The comic book is a true story. No bull bleep. At the end, somebody came to us and said, I'll do it. But these are this is the criteria. But it's absolutely the best of everything that could get put in here. And I can't tell the, well, I can- what it is, but... You, you know, generally on a full-flavored cigar, there's some harshness at the end. There's none. No. It's smooth. Uh, Very smooth. And there isn't a bit of tar. No, yeah. It's, at all. This is this, this is, is a this is a master blender yeah. at work here. And it, it's wrap quality throughout. I mean, there's this top, top tobacco. I got to say. All the way through. For Ernie that kind of money, it's. Ernie and Renzo's credit, I mean, I'm going through two or three sugar packets over here because this is well beyond what I would normally smoke as far as full-bodiedness and um, heaviness in the uh, the nicotine content. 
You guys are really hanging in there. Oh, we're, well, was, these guys are professional. We're pros. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You don't know what you have here. Yeah. And, yeah. and those yeah. folks that are listening on, what's he doing with the sugar packet? Yeah. Sometimes a heavy, full-bodied cigar is going to turn your stomach a bit. So an answer is to get a sugar packet, wet your finger, put a little sugar on the end of your finger, lift your tongue, and put the sugar underneath your tongue. Instantly, that sugar is going to go through your bloodstream, oh, oh, and all of a sudden, it'll be fine. That feeling goes away immediately. So that's what he's doing because it's too heavy for him. And it, yep. it doesn't make you less of a man, even though you're less of a man, but it doesn't make you less <laughs> right, of a man. Right. I already was less of a man. Right. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the cigar is too full-bodied. I personally don't like a very full-bodied cigar because of the feeling I'd get, and it's too heavy on my chest. Although this is very, very, even though the cigar is not aged for a long period of time, the tobacco used in this is very, very aged tobacco. I can't tell a lot about it. That was the promise uh, because, again, can, the, can, they don't do this for people and they don't want it to other people to yeah. call and ask to have this done so right. they yeah, did me a personal favor because with with tobaccos that haven't been aged long sometimes there's still a hint of uh, ammonia yeah right, in them that's one of the byproducts of drying out the leaves right. etc and not even a hint at all in this it's it it is excellent yeah smooth hey. uh okay um can we do my present now all right go ahead yeah? <laughs> Are we ready? All right. Paul, I hope you're ready in the studio. Uh, I knew that uh, Dave was working on some new commercials. Uh, yeah, I don't know if week. you caught the new commercials. We, we got, got new commercials. New advertisers, yeah. baby. New sponsors. Yeah. So uh, I got all excited. I went into my studio, and I, uh, I whipped this up. So, Paul, uh, if you can play the commercial that we gave you. If Paul's awake. Paul. Break a one night. Yeah, Paul, I'm going to say a swear <laughs> online, so you have to push the, uh, push the button. Let's go. There it is. Here we go. There it is. Hi there. Bubba the truck driver here. If you're like me, your body is slowly shrinking, and it's getting hotter and hotter to impress the ladies in the bedroom, if you know what I mean. To compensate, I only date chubby chicks with low self-esteem. I drive my big rig as my everyday driver, and I smoke large ring-gauge cigars like the Lagiana 10-4. Its 66 ring-gauge makes me feel like a real man when I put it into my mouth. Lugiana 10-4, sold at fine tobacconists everywhere. When you want it big, you want it 10-4 big, good buddy. So, uh, good job. I, uh, I actually, I, I snuck that little recording of Dave saying it. I gave him a script to read and he didn't know I was recording his voice. Sorry about that, Dave. Ah, that's good. <laughs> That's good. It's nice when you got a studio in your own house, huh? Well, I like to mess around every once in a while, and that Lodgy on a 10-4 <coughs> is, uh, is quite a smoke. So good, I buddy. 10 good buddy. 10-4, good buddy. 10-4, good buddy. Little uh, from days of the uh, CB radio. Uh, you know, and and that, that was something, uh, you know, uh, the guy Paul I opened a store with. That's how I met him. We were young kids on the CB radio. Hmm. What was your handle? The grappler. The grappler. Oh, yeah, the wrestling term, right? That's right. That's right. Uh, back in 1985, when we opened the store, I look back at some of the things that were going on at that time. That's when Back to the Future hit the, hit the movie theaters. Remember that? Oh, yep. great flick. One of my favorites. Yep. Ronald Reagan was sworn into office for the second time. One of my favorite presidents. One of my favorites, yeah. too. Uh, the first British mobile phone call was made. Wow. Uh, we are the world. Oh, yeah, Michael yeah, Jackson. yeah. Yep. That was 1985. Mike Tyson made his pro debut. Man. Oh, wow. He's out of the business, and I'm still in. There you go. Uh, Squish the Fish. 
The Pats in Miami, yes, remember? Yes, yep. Yep. Squished the fish. Coca-Cola changed to new Coke. Right. Okay. Bad Three news. months later. Went back to the, the original, original Coke. Classic, classic yep. Coke, right? Classic, that's that, right. That was the biggest mistake in, uh, yes, in marketing big. history. Uh, John Gaudi became the leader of the Gambino family. He's the plumber. Yeah, he was a plumber. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's dead today. Uh, Madonna, Madonna married Sean Penn. Oh, man. Like a virgin, I, I guess not. Uh, so all these things came and went. You know, they, none of she them. She always around. said like a virgin. She never actually said she was one. Oh, really? Right. Just not quite like well, a yeah. virgin, right? Not quite. I like. think she was pretty much born not one. Right. How much is a stamp today? I don't even know. Forty-two cents, I think. How much was it in 1985? Uh, I'm gonna guess five cents. No. Way. Oh God. Come 20, on. 20, Fifteen. Fifteen. Twenty cents. Twenty cents. All right. Now, you know, we're in the mail order business too. And we mail out catalogs and things like that. It's gone more than double. Expensive. Expensive. Rock Hudson died in 85 of AIDS. That was the beginning of the whole AIDS thing. And uh, Academy Award, Best Picture, 1985. What do you think? Back to the Future. No. (laughs) No. None of those movies that I like ever make the Academy Awards. It was Amadeus. Amadeus, Amadeus. Uh, Mozart. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the record of the year, the song of the year. Billie Jean. What's love got to do with it, Tina Turner? Didn't the Challenger uh, explode in 85? Could have been. Space shuttle? I thought it was. Yeah, you know what? uh, I was in like the third or the fourth grade when that happened. Yeah, keep telling me how old I am. We watched watched that on TV. (laughs) Yeah, we did too. Horrifying. Everyone was all excited. It was a Christian school actually here in Salem, and they, uh, you know, they stopped everything. We all ended yeah. up in the eighth grade classroom, and we're watching TV. Yep. Everyone's excited. Yep. The challenge is going up. It's Krista McCullough. Oh, my God. And it blows <laughs> up right in front of us. <laughs> and they turned the TVs off. Okay, they, never mind. Not only did they turn the TVs off, the entire school, it's a Christian school, had to go down to the chapel. Wow. And we had a prayer vigil down there. Wow. Oh, it was unbelievable. Wow. Anyway, I can't thank you guys enough for sharing this day with me. This is a big day for me. We 25th can't thank, thank you, David. Thank you, David. You're the man. I couldn't ask for a great. better group of guys here. Next week, as I said, we go behind the scenes at the 25th anniversary party where I gave away my Rolls Royce, 250 solid silver bars. We interviewed the biggest names in the industry. That's going to be next week from noon to two on these stations. So check it next week. It was a good show. So my friends, enjoy every day. Relax and enjoy a cigar. You've been listening to the Cigar Authority on the Cigar Authority Radio Network. Bye, everybody. We'll catch you on the flip side. Take care. Hi, this is David Garofalo from the Cigar Authority. I'd like to invite you to visit one of my Two Guys Smoke Shops. Two Guys Smoke Shop is the largest cigar retailer in the world, and I'm very proud of that. It's stogie heaven. Two Guys is conveniently located off Exit 1, off Route 93, 95, and Route 3 in Salem, Seabrook, and Nashua, New Hampshire. You see, there's no cigar tax or sales tax in New Hampshire, and coincidentally, we have built three glorious cigar shops right over the border for your convenience. Take the pilgrimage to Two Guys Smoke Shop in tax-free New Hampshire or find us on the web at twoguyssmokeshop.com. We ship cigars everywhere and single cigars too. Two Guys Smoke Shop. It's stogie heaven.